You're tuning in to the Raised by Rentals program. This podcast will contain strong language and spoilers for decades-old media properties. Welcome, everybody. This is the podcast where we examine pop culture franchises of the VHS era and improv new stories because we're putting the slash back in slash fic to imagine how we might improve our favorite movies, TV, and games. I'm Josh. I'm Mike. And we were raised by rentals. Mike, it's Halloween. Woo-hoo. Just out of curiosity, do we now have to write something pornographic because it's slash fic? I mean, it's a horror movie-themed uh, <laughs> season, so, I mean, I just thought we were going for, like, you know, mullets, murder, and tits. I mean, isn't that, like... This is true. This is true. <laughs> that, that is the trifecta we strive for. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> Maybe I don't understand what slash fic is. Let me Google it. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have done that. So... I said it's Halloween, and it is when you're listening to this, but uh, as we record this, we've still got two more days to go, but we are fully, fully in the spoopy season. We've done multiple episodes ever since September uh, <laughs> you know, on our, our, our haunted hayride to the end of the year to keep everything uh, spooky and spoopy, but this is our actual Halloween special, and we've been building up to something that I think is going to be Maybe the most fun. Maybe. I don't know if it's as much fun as the Venga Bus of Death, but this one I'm really <laughs> looking forward to. Yeah, no, I uh, it, when we first thought of it, like when we were trying to figure out what we were going to do this Halloween and we were kind of like spitballing suggestions, we kind of both landed in this same area. And uh, I was really, really excited. Then I got really nervous. And then I got really excited again. <laughs> like, like once I yeah. got my idea, I'm like, oh, I have an idea now. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, same here. For having to only watch one movie as homework, I think I did more homework on this than I did mm-hmm. on anything in a really long time. Uh, <laughs> for the same reasons. I thought it was a great idea. And then I got super nervous about how difficult it was going to be. And then it was like, oh, fuck that. Like, we got this. This is going to be awesome. Uh, yep. So I hope. <laughs> I hope it turns out that way. But if you haven't seen the title of the episode, we are going to do our spin, our twist, our take on a sequel to Trick Our Treat. <laughs> and we both know that, yes, there is a sequel in the works, but we've been hearing that song and dance uh, since 2008. Uh, so, you know, I, I know it's coming, but in the meantime, we'll do this. Yeah, for sure. Uh I know that what's his name, uh, Michael Doherty. You know, he's been he's been talking about doing more trick or treat for a long time. Yeah, and who knows, <laughs> you know. Um, right. But uh, yeah, I mean, he put out Krampus. He did was it King of the Monsters, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Yep. Yeah, and he's definitely been putting out some really good stuff. But yeah, hopefully the trick or treat uh, sequel does come through. But you know. We did the Thanksgiving episode for the Eli Roth trailer from Grindhouse, and now we're getting the actual Thanksgiving movie. I saw the trailer for it yesterday oh, at the so theater. Same. It looks so good. You probably went to see the Five Nights at Freddy's movie with your son, just like me, right? Yep. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. <laughs> All right, we'll have to talk I, about that at the end. <laughs> I, I, I'll, well, all I'm going to say really quick is if you're if you're a fan of the games uh you know at, at all like this does not disappoint it has a lot of of stuff for the fans so it's all yeah and, and i'll say as someone who has never played the games any of them and i'm not really a fan of the franchise in general i still thought it was a really well done movie it's one of those movies where it wasn't for me but i was mm-hmm. really impressed with what they did there were some really cool twists there were some cool like 
uh, cameos and, and Easter eggs for like the older generation. And mm-hmm. yeah, I was like legitimately uh, enjoying myself to the point where when I had to go to the bathroom, I was like annoyed and I was waiting for like, is, are they gonna do, I was like, are they going to do a montage or something? Cause I got to go and I don't want to miss any dialogue. You know? yep. <laughs> Dude, I, my fat ass ran to the bathroom. I was like, <laughs> I, I got to go. It was genuinely a good movie. Uh, so whether you're a fan of that uh, franchise or not, definitely check out five nights at Freddy's, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about trick or treat. And so let's get back to it. So, one thing about Trick or Treat, the movie that I think is awesome and I think is at the heart of what makes this such a well-loved movie and really a modern classic. It's really just from 2007, right? Uh, yeah. So I have it written down here, but I have so many notes. I have so many notes for today's episode that I'm already getting <laughs> lost. Like I said, I did a lot of homework and I'm trying – not to just write everything out ahead of time because I definitely want to do some improv in our storytelling, but it was hard not to try to coordinate some details, you know, some on my own and some you and I did together before we started recording, just because we got to put this together. And if you've seen the movie, then you know that it's an anthology film that weaves together several stories with like a framing sequence But unlike a lot of anthologies, in this one, the framing sequence and the individual chapters, they all tie together to tell like a bigger story. And while that's awesome, it's a bit of a challenge to try to replicate that. So we did have to coordinate a little bit, right? We had to kind of like put our heads together and make sure that the ideas that we had uh, were going to fit. But what I was saying before is I think what makes the movie really so well beloved is not the anthology format, even though that is a – classic uh, format and trope within the history of horror cinema horror fans fucking love anthologies but this movie is really about the traditions of halloween and respecting those traditions yes absolutely so with that in mind before we get into the good stuff before we get into the the meat of the story just to loosen lips and get in the mood i thought we could do something mike that you had come up with as an idea for a potential episode topic where we would talk about the traditions of halloween that we follow like other than you know some of them kind of obvious things that people do at halloween like trick-or-treating and dressing up in costumes mike what are some of the things that you do that are traditions for you at halloween Well, I mean, aside from the obvious stuff like, you know, carving pumpkins with Caleb and Jess and, you know, that kind of family friendly stuff. Um, And I I will I will say this here and I will say it forever. If you come to my house on Halloween, I don't give a damn how old you are. If you come to my house and you say trick or treat, you're getting candy. So screw that whole like, oh, they have to have this type of costume or they have to have an age kind of fuck that. I will. I give candy to the parents that are with their kids. So give candy. Be generous. Follow the rules. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, Sam will get you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to derail you, but I was reading some news stories recently about some towns. There was a few in Virginia and other places in the country where they were enacting town statutes that parents weren't allowed to wear costumes or go with their kids to trick or treat. And the kids had to you know, wear certain types of costumes and weren't allowed to wear masks. Or in one place, they were even trying to mandate how much candy you were allowed to give out. And I'm like, this is fucking bullshit, like taking all the fun out of it. And so, yeah, I'm the same way at my house is if you are leaving your house and you're following the fun of the tradition and you're going out and you're saying trick or treat and you're, 
enjoying costumes and the spooky atmosphere, then you deserve the candy. Especially if you're a teenager and you are still out there trick-or-treating like you were a little kid and you're still having fun, hold on to that yeah. childhood. You're getting double handfuls from me. Hells yeah. I. It's like uh, last year, right when we got home from trick-or-treating, um, you know, we, we brought in the, the candy bucket and all that because it's kind of getting dark out. And this group of teenagers showed up and not a single one of them were in costume, but they were all happy. They were just like, trick or treat. I was like, you know what? Here you go. And I threw handfuls in every one of their bags because what am I going to like? I don't want this candy sitting around. I'm going to eat it and I'm going to get fatter. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I was like, it's late. They're out. Have the candy. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, teenagers, they they all get to that phase where, like, they're too cool for everything, especially stuff mm-hmm. they did when they were little. So, yeah, I mean, if they're out there having fun, I had the same thing happen to me last year. We had all of our candy out on a table in the driveway, and I had it all decorated and looked all bloody and gross because we were trick-or-treating ourselves. But right. then when I was at the house, yeah, this group of teenagers came up. Same thing. They were just wearing, like, hoodies with pillowcases like you know they clearly it was like a last minute thing where they were bored at home and wanted to have some fun and because i had it out on the table i was just like take what you want and they were like really and like it would take one because i was standing there and i was like take what you want and like this one kid just like (laughs) he just like swiped the corner of the table into his bag and i'm like this guy knows what's up (laughs) you know (laughs) exactly I don't get people who gatekeep Halloween, man. It, it's it's to be fun for everybody. Just you know, have have a blast. But I know, right? Fuck, we should have done a rental rent episode prior to this. But anyway, seriously, <laughs> keep going, keep going. But yeah, as far, as far as my my yearly Halloween uh, traditions, I have to go to a haunted house. Um, unfortunately, COVID put a kibosh on that for a couple years. But uh, last year, I did go to a haunted hayride with uh, Maurice from the Boogeyman's Closet, and that was a lot of fun. This year, unfortunately, I'm so mad that we couldn't go. The same haunted uh, hayride place had – it's called Everhaunt. It's a, it's a little place out here in western New York. Um, they had C.J. Graham there in full Jason regalia chasing patrons. Oh, and I'm shit. Like, and I couldn't go. I'm like, oh, come on. Like, I was oh. so sad. But I, that would have been amazing because that dude is, I mean, as nice as he actually is in person, he can turn on the terror at the drop of a hat. Like, dude is scary when he wants to be. <laughs> oh, fuck but, yeah. But I always go to a haunted house. We, we did that this year, had a lot of fun. Um, and then there's a couple movies that I always have to watch. Um, now, granted, I do my annual rewatch of Friday the 13th and the Halloween movies and stuff like that. I do that every year anyway. But I have to watch Night of the Living Dead and Frankenstein every Halloween. I always watch those and nice. I always watch the Charlie Brown uh, Halloween special. The, it's a great or was it the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown? Yeah, it's the Great I, Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. I always have to watch that as well. Um, so those are, are, are things that I do for me. And then the the other thing I do for me, and I've been doing this for about like 10 years now, is I do some kind of drawing challenge. Now, I don't always get to complete it. I know last year I was working really hard on completing it, but we also had an art show uh, in October. So I had a really hard time doing keeping up with the drawing challenge. Uh, I used to do Inktober and draw Halloween every year, but... Ever since getting Carpal Tunnel, that's a lot harder to, to do multiple drawings every day. Uh, so this year, I just I picked random movie monsters. I had no list. It was just, who do I feel like drawing today? And, you know, gave him a funny little word balloon and threw it mm-hmm. online and called it good. Um, yeah, but they were good. I liked those. I enjoyed them. 
Thank you. But yeah, no, I, I like I have to do a drawing challenge of some kind just for myself. I have to watch Night of the Living Dead. I have to watch Frankenstein, um, have to watch Charlie Brown and, you know, go to a haunted house. Those those are things I must do. Of course, there are, there are things I have to eat this time of year. Like I always get apple <laughs> cider, nice. you know. I all, we always have some kind of like squash dish, whether it's like like tonight we're having spaghetti squash, which I love, um, or we'll do like the roasted white pumpkins with the sausage and rice stuffing and all that. Um, like we usually have some kind of like festive Halloween dish, but uh, but yeah, and then of course I have my my candy. I have my list of candy that I only get around <laughs> this time of year. Nice. I never I never eat candy corn, but I have to at least have a couple candy corns <laughs> around Halloween. <laughs> Nice. It's I like have, one of those things. I just gotta try it. <laughs> yeah, you have to at least have some, even if you don't like it. It's like for some people, like fruit cake. I actually like fruit cake, but some people eat it or like mincemeat pie. In mm-hmm. uh, at least in my family growing up, people eat mincemeat pie at Christmas time. Even if you didn't like it, you just you would take like a no thank you helping, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But, you know, but again, I actually do like it. So, yeah, I, I don't usually think about foods that much. That's actually interesting. I, there are, you know, foods that we eat at certain times of the year, but Halloween isn't one of them. It's not like Thanksgiving or Christmas where there's always like a special dish. But, yeah, that's actually interesting. I'll have to think about maybe something we can do. Um, but, yeah, anything else, Mike? Nope, nope. It's pretty much just the, the standard, you know, uh, decorating and, and uh, trick-or-treating and helping Caleb with costumes and if I dress up, I almost always dress up as a mad scientist because it's nice and easy. Um, yeah. <laughs> I just get a bloody lab coat and a weird set of goggles and I'm good. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that's that's about it. That's awesome. For for me, it's like yeah, we, we do the typical things, too. Like we carved pumpkins last night. We decorate the house and the yard. And uh, here I'm actually going to text you a photo I took last night of our giant skeleton. We got them all set up. Uh, oh, he's actually been, one. Been, he's been in the yard for like a week or two, but we were really busy with camping and I had an in-person work conference and then. And it was our 20th anniversary a couple of days ago, Christina and I. So we've been so busy that I didn't get a chance to, like, finish the decorations until uh, just uh, this weekend. But uh, actually, I didn't decorate that much this year compared to what we normally do. We normally go all out with, you know, I got skeletons and cobwebs and spiders. And I started the tradition in my neighborhood that now my neighbors steal from me of putting the red balloon in the sewer outside on the (laughs) sidewalk. (laughs) That's awesome. My balloons say, I heart dairy on them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, you know, I watch movies. I do my Friday the 13th rewatch. I didn't finish it this year, but that's okay. Cause one thing I've learned is I like to take the pressure off just in terms of the October Halloween season. You know, we do classic movies that the whole family likes like Beetlejuice and it's the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. I'm not the biggest fan of Hocus Pocus, but we always end up watching it cause the kids really like it. You know, some of those movies, sleepy hollow, nothing super gory. This isn't gory month for us. This is you know, like fun Halloween month. Mm-hmm. So those are the movies we tend to, tend to go for um i always pick a stack of spooky comics or books to read or listen to um i posted my comics up on instagram and i actually ended up adding some to the pile mars attacks is like in the ether this year and i ended up reading some mars attacks comics myself i love to curate like a thematic pile it's sort of like the uh the employee pick of the comics that i want to read this year but on Halloween itself, there's actually only two things, other than the trick-or-treating, there's only really two things that I have to do every year, and they don't take that long, <laughs> is I have to listen to the audiobook recording of Click Clack the Rattle Bag by Neil Gaiman. 
which oh, okay. if you've never read it or listened to it, it's fucking awesome. It's just a short story. It's only about 1,300 words. The audiobook is 12 minutes long, and Neil Gaiman reads it himself. It is spooky as fuck. It's my favorite, like, short, scary story. It's scary in the best way because it's all in your head. You imagine everything that's bad is happening. None of it is on the page or, you know, spoken in the audio drama. It is awesome. And so every time I, on Halloween day, if I need to make a run to the store, boom, click like the rattle bag is going on. Uh, so you can just Google it. It's free everywhere, all over the Internet. You can read it. You can listen to it. He actually gave it out for free originally in 2012 as an All Hallows Read fundraiser special um it's fucking great and the other one is i have to listen to the 13 minute full version of the song halloween by halloween (laughs) (laughs) nice which is my favorite halloween song of all time uh it's 1986 from the keeper of the keys part one album they're like a german power metal band very fucking 80s the video is amazingly 80s and it's so corny there's the four minute edited version and the full length 13 minute version um you know mike mccoy fellow red pantheon member recently posted his like halloween playlist of, of great songs and was looking for some suggestions and i had to put that at the top of my list you gotta listen to halloween by halloween the band is halloween the song is halloween but just google it it's worth it see i, I definitely have my my seven plus hour uh playlist on spotify of my my spoopy music that i will put on every year uh when i'm at work i i have i i annoy people with my my christmas uh playlist and my halloween playlist <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because yes, I have like four different versions of the Monster Mash. I'm that guy. Um, <laughs> hey, me too. I also have a really long <laughs> Halloween playlist. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mine is really eclectic too. It's you know everything from you know power metal to oh yeah you know classical to you know to jazz to like little mm-hmm. kid songs that my kids like you know the spooky scary skeletons and yep, all that I got stuff that. and. So I, I I love a shuffle. That's how I like to listen to music pretty much at any point. I'm a big fan of playlists. I love to just hit shuffle and be surprised by yep. every song that comes on, especially when it's a crazy like genre twist. I love that. Jump from metal, you know, to jazz or blues oh, or yeah. you know, I just that's my favorite thing because I like to, you know, mix it up and keep it interesting. My my Christmas playlist, uh, I think the reason it annoys uh, so many of my coworkers, and the funny thing is, like, I don't actually work with anybody, so when they hear me playing music, it's either <laughs> when they come in or when they're going home. So it's not like I force them to listen to my music, it's just like they happen to still be there when I start my shift or I'm ending my shift. Right. And they're like, what are you listening to? Oh my god. Um, but it's like, my, my Christmas playlist in particular will go from, like, crooner-style music to punk. And it'll nice. switch back yeah. and forth constantly because I have so many different like crooner style songs and oh, so yeah. many punk covers of Christmas songs that I absolutely love. So it'll bounce back and forth between those a lot. Now, my Halloween playlist, I mean, it runs the gamut, like you said, freaking hair metal, classical, like everything is in there. So, oh, yeah. you know, that's just like a, a weird mix of everything. Yeah, for sure. I definitely do the the Bing Crosby to the Vandals at Christmas time, yep. too. Same. <laughs> 
So I'll segue us back into the topic. I have so many more things in my notes that I wanted to talk about, but I think this actually is a good segue talking about the genre twist and wanting to mix it up. Like the shuffle is a fun way to approach entertainment. And that's, I think, part of the reason why I love anthologies in general. I've mentioned before that I have literally hundreds of comic book anthologies. I even made a whole list of like, here's all my favorite ones that you should go read. And I'm really resisting the urge to just read them or read off the list, you know. Um, right. But you, but you know, there's the 2000 AD and the heavy metal and um, all the EC comics from the 50s, like mm-hmm. the Vault of Horror and Tales from the Crypt. Like those are all anthologies, and a lot of them, you know, have become very influential in the the horror and sci-fi genre all these decades later. So I'm a big fan of anthologies because it's like you get a little taste of something and then you go on to the next thing, and I, I love it too when it's like a genre twist or a different artist or a writer, like. Maybe I'm just impatient, <laughs> you know, maybe I just have ADHD, but like, I want something different, 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 more, more, more. <laughs> right, right. Um, so yeah, and Trick or Treat, like I said before, it's this really great anthology. I really like, uh, I guess you could recall it a narrative anthology. So I like the approach of having this framing sequence that actually is a part of the story. So you don't just have the Crypt Keeper introducing a story or, you know, something like in Creep Show where there's, you know, someone who's reading or telling stories. But mm-hmm. the framing the framing sequence that connects all of the shorter chapters together is like the thing that brings it all into this one larger tapestry. Right. Well, it's and, and we talked a little bit about this off the air, and I know we talked about it in the Boogeyman's Closet a few times, where when you have a, a tale like Trick or Treat where all of the stories are happening simultaneously in the same area with the same groups of people where they do overlap, they do connect. It is still an anthology, but it feels like one big story. Um, Tales of Halloween does that beautifully where, again, it's 10 short stories all happening in the same town on the same night. And, you know, if you're paying close attention, you can see the different characters crossing over with one another throughout the stories. Like there's there's a great sequence where there's a stolen car in one of the stories. And then later in that night, uh, we see somebody else coming home, almost get hit by that car. So it's like that that happens a lot in that. And then um, I know another one we discussed was scary stories to tell in the dark. Oh, yeah. It's like that's more like one big movie, but it has the little vignettes that take place within that town. So I personally love that. I think that's probably my favorite type of anthology. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I'm also a sucker for Tales from the Crypt and Creep Show. (laughs) And, you know, give me give me any anthology. I'll eat it up. Like, I know some people hate them. I fucking love them. So, yeah. Uh, all right. I think our, we've done enough of a preamble. I hope people are still with us and I hope everyone listening is, you know, interested in these types of anthologies and these traditions as well. And I hope everyone out there is respecting the traditions of Halloween today. Uh, hopefully you're listening to this the day it comes out so we get those good download numbers. Right. <laughs> exactly. um, so here's how we're going to do this, Mike. Uh, I'm going to explain this to you as if you are the audience, even though you already know these things. <laughs> um, so what we're going to do is we are going to do a sequel to Trick or Treat. We're going to try to copy the format of a framing sequence with shorter chapters. And because there's there's two of us and we're going to kind of take turns, we thought the way that it would work best would be for you to have two chapters. I'll have two chapters. We'll collaborate on the framing sequence, but 
just like in the first movie where Sam had his little sequence at the beginning where he kills the lady for disrespecting the decorations. And then at the end, there's a longer story with Krieg, the bus driver. So in this case, uh, I'll do the shorter sequence uh, to kind of give Sam his like, you know, his part one or his prologue. And then you can do your story for the the longer like the, the words. It's like the real Sam story at yeah. the end. So that way we each have like three ideas. Sounds good to me. All right. So we did have to brainstorm this ahead of time a little bit just so that we wouldn't copy each other inadvertently or step on each other's toes. We talked about it a little bit, and I think this is really going to fit together pretty well. Uh, but so to, to be ahead. fair, all we did really talk about, because I'm sure we are going to have a few like back up, hold on, slow down, like redo moments, because all we really talked about ahead of time was the topic of each of our stories. So like uh-huh. – Josh knows uh, that I have, you know, like the topic for each of my my two main stories. He doesn't know what's going to happen in them. He just knows what it involves. And then, like, we did discuss, like, how we could weave Sam into different stories without actually knowing what the other one's story is. So it's still going to be a total improv. Like, we're we're still Mm -hmm. like, I have no clue what you're going to bring to the table with your two stories other than the theme of them. So, yeah, well, it's just kind of like with, like we did with the, uh, the Venga best of death and hot garbage. where like, there's an elevator pitch that we had to share so that it wouldn't yes. be, you know, completely out of left field. Um, but yeah, anyway, let's just jump right in. So we're going to take turns. So I'll go first with my same story. Then you'll go with your chapter, you know, and we'll go back and forth so that I'll start. You'll end uh, since we have even numbers here. Okay. So, Very much like in the quote-unquote real movie or the first movie or whatever you want to call it. Again, the focus is on the traditions of Halloween, and Sam is kind of enforcing them. I don't know Mm -hmm. that they ever really explain what Sam is, but that's what he's doing. He's observing people who are disrespecting Halloween, and then he's (laughs) course-correcting, you know? Right. He's, He's like judge, jury, and executioner. You see people who are smashing pumpkins, blowing out jack-o'-lanterns taking down halloween decorations not wanting to like dress in a costume or not wanting to hand out candy etc etc um or just you know saying the halloween is stupid like this lady did at the beginning of the movie and i'm just like oh that was dumb (laughs) (laughs) um so I wanted to keep that going. And so, Mike, I'm going to throw you a curveball because we did talk a little bit, as you mentioned, but not about everything. So here's my curveball. I was adding this to our episode list that I keep. And every time I add it to the list, I try to come up with a title for the episode, for the podcast episode. And sometimes it's a pun or sometimes it's kind of obvious, you know, like back to school where it was a two, ha, ha, ha. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Goonies 2, T-O-O, whatever. But uh, so I wrote this down. I thought Trick or Treat 2 what trick-or-treat what and then it occurred to me it came to me just like that rhyme right trick-or-treat smell my feet give me something good to eat and i thought oh man if this were a real movie i would call it trick-or-treat good to eat that would be (laughs) nice and so as i was thinking about that i was thinking that's a great theme of having monsters or spirits or killers or whatever it is but there's got to be a theme of eating how you know how do we work that title in good to eat and i i think we can do that pretty easily but i kind of want to throw it out there and see what you think about it uh i'm just thinking how nicely that fits in with one of my two stories and um how that technically can kind of fit into the second one so that that's pretty uh yeah no i'm down i like it okay 
Awesome. Yeah, sweet. It, it does fit into my stories, too. Again, I had the advantage because I thought of it first. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, when I was coming up with my ideas, I was trying to think of classic anthology tropes and classic Halloween traditions while still you know, doing something interesting. So, again, enough preamble. We've said it already. So here's how here's here's what we're going to do. We need to open up with a scene where Sam, the spirit of Halloween vengeance or whatever he is, he is observing somebody who is disrespecting Halloween. And so what I want to do is I want to have a trick or treater. And Sam is basically a trick-or-treater himself, but I want to have this trick-or-treater, and it's that asshole teenager, not the one like we talked about earlier who come out and they try to still have fun like their kids. This mm-hmm. is the one who thinks he's too fucking cool, and he's this asshole bully who just goes around and just steals people's candy bags. Who and basically just ruins Halloween for everybody. Yeah, he's just a little bastard. He's walking around, he sees these little kids, and he's just going to push them around, take their bag of candy, and then, like, go sit somewhere and smoke cigarettes and eat, like, mini Snickers, you know, and then mm-hmm. – or he's just going to steal their candy and, like, dump it in the sewer while the kids cry because he's a prick. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> okay, so um, that's based, that's that's like the whole story right there. I mean, we uh, but we can kind of work out the beats of like, okay, so we're gonna open on let's open on not him, but let's open on you know some other character who we can kind of be like you know we can, almost like a little red herring of like oh not this bitch, but we're gonna pan the camera over and see this kid. I think, okay, I think, like, the first movie opens, we have that, like, little comic montage after the first kill. So why don't, instead of just doing the the first kill and the comic montage, why don't we kind of mix the two together? So we do an overview of the town. Um, so what is the town? I know you wrote it down. Uh, I forget. It the is name. Warren Valley, Ohio. Thank you. Warren Valley, Ohio. So from the first movie, we know that there is a huge party. It's their annual Halloween tradition. We know everyone's out having a blast. So why don't we do that? Why don't we start the movie where we see, you know, like the Warren Valley, Ohio, like Halloween party, you know, Halloween party, whatever year this movie takes place in, you know, big banner across the the street, people getting, you know, getting uh, like into the Halloween spirit. Like you see kids mm-hmm. running around in costume, people are giving out candy and let's zone in on this one particular bitch who I want to uh, pop up throughout the story. Uh, just a total Karen. Uh, like let, okay. let's, let's name her Brenda. <laughs> just, I don't know why that, that name <laughs> yeah. fits for me, but she's got, nice. you know, she's got the Karen do, you know, she's kind of like that frumpy middle-aged, like, you know, totally muffin topping around her skinny jeans. Like just, <laughs> just an angry person. And, um, like, let, let's see, you know, like her want, like maybe wandering out of a Starbucks or something, bitching that her pumpkin spice latte is too cold or, or too hot. There we go. Oh, it's too hot, you know, yeah. yelling at the, <laughs> and then like walk out and like shove a little kid, like, what do you want? Get out of my way, you know? And just kind of like, see, like, there's this person. Cause I want her to come back later, but okay. we'll, we'll pan through the town. Maybe we see like, we'll see a black cat running along the side of the street. And, you know, we could see just different things. Like we see like the farmland outside of town and all that mm-hmm. but yeah we could we could then zoom in on this one particular character that you're talking about so we could kind of like get an overview of the town kind of while the opening mm-hmm. credits play and then hone in on this character that you want to tell a tale about okay no that's perfect i like this idea i'm glad you mentioned 
the idea of seeing the town introducing Warren Valley sort of as like a character because yeah it has this tradition we see in the first movie where Halloween is huge here to the point where there's like camera crews news crews out here that are documenting it because Warren Valley goes all out for Halloween you know it's like Mardi Gras or something so I think that's awesome yeah we can kind of pan around town um like you said, we could we could maybe we were hearing the voiceover of like someone who this Karen that is just bitching about like I ordered, you know, this, you know, latte pumpkin spice, you know, double whip, no foam, whatever the fuck. And <laughs> yeah, just like this egregiously long list. Yes. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, I can't believe you, you know, you, you can't even do your job. Like, what are they what do they pay you? Oh, and you want more than minimum wage and blah, 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 blah. And you're hearing this Karen rant while the camera is moving. It'll be one of these awesome like single uh shots like you know that that you know great directors just love to do where it's like a single camera move shot and yep. so it might just be, go down one street but we're going to touch on things that are going to come back later you know like that we're going to see like you said you know black cats scarecrows halloween decorations like maybe we kind of like see this like the old creepy farmhouse we see the trick-or-treaters you know and maybe we'll even catch sight of some of our characters that like well We'll retroactively know who's going to be there, you know, like later on, right? right? But but and that kind of happened in the first movie too, where once you know what is happening, when you go back and watch it again, you watch the opening sequence and you realize that several characters who show up later are in that very first scene, right? In the car, crossing the street, or whatever. So we're gonna kind of follow this voiceover to the the voice of the Karen who is disrespecting this like Starbucks employee or whatever it is, maybe to the point of like throwing the coffee at them and demanding they remake it. Just like egregiously Re- awful. Yeah, know? just like a really nasty person. Yeah. You know. Exactly. And then they're gonna walk out with their coffee and just like you said, uh, where they're gonna like bump into some they walk out with their coffee, bump into some trick or treater kid and like push him out of the way and be like, Oh, what do you want, you little bastard? Like, you know, whatever. And the trick or treater kid then bumps into this like teenager in like a like a leather jacket and you know a hand rolled cigarette and like greasy hair and like a big zit on his nose and and this kid well, I'm gonna call him Scott and I don't know why like I just think like Scott Farkas from a yeah, Christmas it, story it, it, you, know? It's... <laughs> <laughs> you know so Scott's gonna be like yeah little bitch and he's gonna grab this trick or treater's candy so this poor little kid in the ghost outfit looking like Charlie Brown just gets pushed <laughs> by a Karen and then gets his candy stolen by this big big kid you know. You, you you know who I'm picturing? Did you see 8-Bit Christmas? No. Oh, damn. There's this, like, metalhead kid in 8-Bit Christmas who's been, like, held back several grades, and he's just, like, this, the long, greasy hair, the jean jacket, the fingerless gloves, and, like, the unlaced Doc Martens. Like, there that's just kind of what I'm picturing <laughs> with this kid. Yeah, 100%. For sure. Yeah, this kid, he doesn't have a great home life. He's definitely dirty. We'll talk after we're done recording, but I was listening to some old Boogeyman's Closet episodes recently, partly because you already covered Trick or Treat way back in Boogeyman's Closet episode 20. And (laughs) like super early days, you know, Susie hadn't even been on the show for that long at that time. Um, But I was curious to see like what you guys had had mentioned. And then I was like, oh, I want to go back and listen to some more. I listened to the very, very first episode of the Boogeyman's Closet where you talked about the Halloween remake, the Rob Zombie one uh, with uh, Tara and Mike McCoy. And uh, you guys were talking about how in every Rob Zombie movie, all the characters just look dirty and greasy, you know? Yeah, <laughs> That's they the totally story. do. They just they look like they they look like they'd be sticky to the touch and smell of like dumpster juice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's funny too because you even used the phrase hot garbage in that episode and <laughs> and you talked about the friday the 13th remake in the snow when you guys did the friday the 13th uh, remake ah, episode yes. three and i'm like so many like raised but rentals foreshadowing moments <laughs> <laughs> exactly anyway so we have scott he steals this kid's candy, and yeah, and then he's gonna, you know, yank it out of his hand. He's gonna walk down the the, the sidewalk, and he's just picking candy out of the bag and just like chucking it, like doesn't like this one, doesn't like this one. And the kid's just watching him, like fucking crying, like while this teenager is just like throwing his candy on the sidewalk, and then other kids are like jumping to get it, like pinata candy, you know. And right. it's like this kid's just having the worst Halloween ever. This this little kid, but Scott walks off. He takes like one piece of candy out of the bag that he likes, and it's gotta be something that like the average person wouldn't think is good candy like just just to kind of you know drive the point home of like this kid's a dick and he's gonna eat like the neko wafers or something you know (laughs) (laughs) fucking neko wafers oh god or like a zagnut or like for me for me it would be the heath bar because those things are gross no matter what don says i I actually agree with don i love them (laughs) <laughs> but I hate Necco wafers. Oh my god, I hate those chalky discs of death. What's weird is that Tegan Tegan loves Necco wafers. They like old people candy. They eat oh, Necco wafers god. and like black licorice. But anyway, my, my mom she would always buy Necco wafers and Good and Plenty. Like she loved those, oh, okay. and I yeah. freaking hated them as a kid. Oh, that's actually perfect. Good and Plenty. He takes out the the, the little box and opens it and yeah. has to just like dump it on his mouth and like half of it ends up on the ground because he's just being super disrespectful. And then you see somebody like watching him from like across the street, you know, mm-hmm. and of course it's already dark. It's not full dark, but you know, the sun's going down. It's about to be the golden hour for Halloween trick or treating. The kids are already out, but yeah, you see someone breathing in a mask and like he's watching them across the street. And then Scott, he takes someone else's bag of candy. So the kids are walking down the street and he just snap like purse snatches it right out of his hand, you know? And, uh, and maybe these kids turn and they want to confront him and then Scott's going to like push him or, uh, and bully him. And it's like, not only is he stealing their candy, but this is like a teenager and he's like pushing around like 11 year olds. So you like, you know, just drive home what a dick this guy is. So this doesn't need to be a long story, but it just needs to be Scott. He's going to take his stolen candy. He's going to dump some down the sewer, throw it all over the sidewalk, spill half of it in his mouth. And then he's going to go sit in like the alley by the gas station next to the dumpster because that's why he stinks so bad. And, you know, yeah, he's going to like, you know, hand roll a cigarette or a joint or something and, you know, just sit there, you know, eating whatever uh, good and plenty's like, you know, got stuck in his jacket or whatever, because we got to get him alone. <laughs> One thing I want to add, just because it will, will come back later, is uh, I, when he's sitting in the alley, like he hears something. And have him, like, look, like, what is that? And have it just be, like, a black cat sitting near the garbage cans. And nice. have him just, like, throw a rock or something at it. Have it hiss and run off. Because that okay. black cat will come back later. So Nice. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Okay, yeah. And, hell, he can even, like, you know, swipe at some Halloween decorations or something while he's gone down the sidewalk, too. Like, you know, just, again, make it worse. Worse and worse. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So now we just got to bring Sam into into the alley and kind of introduce, you know, who Sam is and what he's there for. We don't necessarily need to show him. I mean, it's not that big of a secret if you've seen the first movie. But, you know, for anyone coming into this blind, it's, uh, you know, here comes, here comes Sam. And maybe it's just that uh, – Okay, maybe Scott does that thing where, oh, he hears something and it's that cat and he like throws like a rock at it. And then um, 
you know, he's just sitting there. He's like, oh, you know, whatever fuck amount of candy. He's smoking his cigarette. And then he hears something else and he's like, the fucking cat. And he like goes and he throws something. But when he, but he, his arm freezes before he throws it because he doesn't see a cat. He sees like a silhouette of like a little kid at the end of the alleyway, like staring at him, you know? Nice, and, nice. And he's going to be like, get the fuck out of here, little kid. Like, whatever. Yelling at him. The kid doesn't, he's not moving. He's just standing there. And then he's going to get up and be like, I told you to fucking get out of here, punk. You know, go back to mommy. And, of course, you know, the silhouette's not going to move. And then Scott's going to, like, oh, God, he's going to, like, you know, stomp over to it. Like, all right, you little bitch. Like, give me your candy. What do you got? And he's going to go and try and steal whatever candy um, Sam has. But Sam's going to have some kind of surprise in his his little candy bag. I, I, I love I love where you're going with this, but but follow me for a sec. So so yeah, he sees the kid at the end of the hall or at the end of the hall, end of the alley. Um, he goes over and he's like, "Get the fuck out of here!" And just have Sam like kind of tilt his head and open his bag up like a trick or treat kind of thing, nice. and have the kid be like, "Yeah, okay," and then like hork a big fucking loogie into his bag. Oh yeah. And then have Sam just fucking launch on him like a howler monkey. <laughs> yes. Like kind of the way he did with the the bus driver who who's just like, ah! <laughs> like yeah oh for sure and, and the camera should pan away um, yeah like like cut away so it's like you're imagining and you're hearing crunching and biting and like liquid spurting you know <laughs> and then we're yeah we'll we'll pan away to that maybe that cat that cat is like now sitting on like the dumpster or whatever just kind of watching and then we'll pan back and the cat's gonna jump down and like walk through like the little blood puddle and little little cat blood marks and then you're gonna kind of see like what's left of scott laying there (laughs) i think okay so yeah i I love this i love that the pan the pan out um you know you hear the screaming maybe like we hear squelching sounds like sam is ripping this dude apart and like we pan over to the cat like kind of watching the melee maybe we could even see some of it on like a shadow on the wall of the alley you yes. know and ha- have the cat just kind of tilting its head and then just like meow, and walk away <laughs> and then i like the idea of the crunching because that can transition into my my first story so if, if we hear like the crunching and chewing like like you said maybe we pan by and we just see pieces of scott littering the alley <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes, that's perfect. Just like bloody, bloody pieces. But we, we focus in on that chewing sound. Mm-hmm. Screen go black and open up to a guy eating an apple. Okay, nice. Yeah. Okay. So so this will this will cut. I'm sorry. Were you done? I didn't want to cut you off. No, no, that's perfect. I'm done. That's all it was. It was just we got to kill Scott. And I think, you know, crunching and biting and ripping him to shreds and, you know, like just getting to imagine what happens to him is a great way to start the story when, you know, he's like the ultimate dickhead trying to ruin Halloween. But yeah, right. go. So now I know I know that uh, none of the the tales in Trick or Treat uh, had a title in the movie. It was just kind of in the credits in the script. Um, sure. But I, I'm just going to just tell people like that I have titles for all three of mine. They're simple. <laughs> um, so the, this one I just called The Harvest. OK, so we pan in on, a, on an old guy eating an apple and maybe he's he's sitting there. It's like an old happy farmer, you know, like just a just an older dude on the outskirts of town. He's chewing an apple. We see his his wife, nice little old lady. You know, she's like maybe she's like making tea or something. And they're talking and there's a, a work hand, this guy who's been working with them, you know, who's been helping them pull in the, the apple harvest and all that. And we find out that they're just, you know, they're they're two old farmers who've been living on the outskirts of this town for years, growing apples in an apple orchard, you know, and, and <clears throat> selling cider and apples and stuff to the townsfolk. OK, so they brought in this guy and we're going to find out a little bit about his backstory, that he was a homeless guy who kind of wandered into town, 
who, you know, needed a job. These people took him in, you know, had him help them on the farm. Like, hey, you know, we're, we're not not as spry as we used to be. And our kids have all grown and moved away. And, you know, we need some help around the, the farm. So this guy, you know, super thankful that that they they gave him a job, gave him a roof over his head, you know, just re, re, like just super nice, like thanking them constantly. Sure. And they they go out to, to look at the harvest and be like, you know, that we had a really good pull this year, you know, and then have like the the farmer clap the the you know the helper on the back and then the wife stabs him in the throat just oh shit <laughs> kill, kills the 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 worker you know the worker um and then we see you know the the old people just kind of smile taking the the fall air and drag him off to the shed um where i want them to basically dispose of his corpse by burning it and spreading okay. the ashes around the apple orchard Oh, it's like fertilizer. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, because there's that whole thing with wood ash. You put wood ash around the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the trees to, to it's like a natural fertilizer and it helps like keep the bugs away. So, so this is going okay. to be two very awful people who have been systematically taking in, you know, homeless folk and peep drifters, sure. stuff like that, and killing them every year to help their harvest. So, okay. One thing we're going to focus on is a scarecrow in the middle of the crop. Yeah, I was waiting for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So after we see them sprinkle the ashes, I want the scarecrow to start to twitch. Oh, so okay. we'll we'll go from here. So now we now you know where I'm going with this. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just picturing like you know the the wind picks up heavier than before and like you know yeah the, it starts you know that. You, you hear, you know, like, I don't know, whatever the old couple is, you know, they're gonna like, you know, come in, pa, like, you know, close the windows, you know, whatever, uh, kind of like batting, you know, batting the hatches kind of a thing, because like yep. the wind's picking up and then you see that scarecrow twitch and like, is it the wind? I mean, maybe, right. you know, <laughs> it's kind of like, huh, did that move or was that, you know, because everything's so blustery out? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, blustery. That's the right word for it. Perfect. So, so yeah, so I, I figure I didn't even name these two. So, you know, whatever, whatever, should we name them or should we just call them mom, pa? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, sure. We can name them. Let's see. Okay. No, no Mike's, no Josh's, no Billy's, no Sam's. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> let's see. Uh, well, let's see. You know, the uh, first thing that came to my mind was Edgar and Phyllis. <laughs> there you go. Boom. Edgar, Phyllis. <laughs> done it does, they sound like uh old like farming couple for sure. <laughs> i was like edgar and phyllis i like that so okay so yeah so uh we we see clearly they're bad people and they've been murdering folks uh maybe we could even see like in their house like they have you know like a bunch of photos with like different help <laughs> oh yeah like they're, they're standing there with their arms around some like random drifter or migrant worker and then <laughs> right. like every, in every picture there's like a different one <laughs> yeah yep yeah no that'd be so, awesome so they've been doing this for a while, um, you know, and it's, you know, it's, it's Halloween night. Maybe you shouldn't have done it on Halloween night. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's, that's where they done fucked up. Yeah, no, I think this is great. So we got to, if the scarecrow, if I'm following you right and the scarecrow is going to be, you know, like our, our creature, our monster here, mm-hmm. we got to, we got to build up some suspense. Like, so yeah, blustery wind. Don't really know if the scarecrow really moved yet. Maybe. So, yeah, we'll pan into the house. Yeah, we'll see the couple, Edgar and Phyllis, they're in there. You know, they're they're getting ready for dinner or maybe, you know, we can 
kind of uh, drag forward the imagery of like the innocent apples that seem kind of creepy. Maybe she's like chopping up apples for an apple pie with like a big knife, like bigger than she needs, you know, kind of <laughs> right. A thing, right. Just to kind of drive that home. And uh, yeah, you know, maybe, you know, Edgar's going to come in from the wind and be like, Oh, like don't know where that windstorm kicked up from, but you know, I got the, whatever he's got the animals in the pen, you know, whatever he's going to say, like, they're all like ready to ready to, you know, co- get cozy for the night. You know, oh, I can't wait for that apple pie tonight ma you know whatever and uh and then maybe like the power goes out you know and of course they're going to be like oh damn wind you know uh, the the lines out here ain't what they used to be and uh you know edgar's going to go outside because he's going to go see if he can you know reset the breaker or whatever leaving phyllis inside but just i'm just thinking of ways to separate them and it's like it's dark they're separated they're innocently looking into something and now there's like opportunity you know what? I like that, but let's have that be a red herring or, okay. or like a fake out. So, yes, yeah, so we have the power go out. I, I love this idea. So, you know, Edgar gets up. He's like, well, I got to go, you know, check the breaker. And he go, goes outside and they have one of those like, you know, the, the double door storm cellar type thing. Yep. He goes down there and he's, you know, and then we get all we're going to have all these opportunities for jump scares. So, like, maybe a black cat scares him again. <laughs> you know, something like that. <laughs> that fucking cat. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like that cat came back. Like, you know, just. Something like that. And then we have like, you know, maybe he walks through a spider web and is like, you know, just a bunch of like little Mm -hmm. fake outs. Turn on the lights. Everything's fine. Goes back inside. You know, they sit down, start talking. Maybe he's maybe he's bitching about the weather. Like, oh, you know, every year when it gets like this, you know, uh, damn power lines go out on us or, you know, some some line, you know, complaining about Mm -hmm. the the, uh, power going out. But then have like we hear like a bunch of clatter outside, like a bunch of shit sounds like it's getting broken and have them run outside and find like the the barn where they stored all their bushels of apples that were going to go to town have all been like knocked over. A bunch have been smashed like there there's mm. apple chunks everywhere and I'm be like, oh, sons of bitches, like little bastards always pulling Halloween pranks. No respect yeah. for their <laughs> elders, you know, just yeah. <laughs> bitching, bitching, bitching. You know, so Edgar's out there, like, pissed off. And, you know, maybe maybe Phyllis goes, she's like, you know, like, oh, I'll, I'll go finish dinner or whatever and goes inside while he's cleaning up. And this is where we can have the scarecrow come for her. Yeah. OK. So. OK. Back up just for a quick second. Just two yeah. little details I thought would be fun is one when uh, Edgar comes back from, like, getting the power back on. Yeah, he definitely saw that black cat. We got to have the cat jump scare, obviously. Mm-hmm. So when he comes back in, have him say something, you know, like, oh, that fucking black cat is here again. Again, you know, it's like, yes. like that black cat's always around. And then so when they hear the crash and clatter and just maybe have, you know, Phyllis be like, I bet you it's that damn cat again. And it's like, so they're not thinking it's anything. Anyway, and of course, Edgar's ah, going go to go out there. Maybe Edgar goes out there and is just like, oh, this wasn't this cat. This is those damn kids again. He's kind of like, you know, muttering to himself as people do, but, you know, while telling mm-hmm. the audience things, you know. And then maybe <laughs> he's, maybe he just, we see it's that horror movie thing where like a silhouette runs across the, the camera in the foreground and in the background we see edgar turn his head and like look real quick at the camera so it's like he he sees something running like a shadow of something and then that's when he's like you fucking kids get out of here with your damn pranks every year you know like you know next time egg the house like normal people you know whatever (laughs) right exactly (laughs) stay away from my crops (laughs) exactly but i just think it would be kind of fun just to have that like okay there's definitely somebody there but yeah then we're then we're gonna go back into the house and you know phyllis is just like you know same thing kind of muttering to herself like you said like okay well i guess i'll finish the pie you know she's almost like annoyed like what the fuck? 
stupid Halloween, you know, it was always fucking with like the peace and quiet of our home. You know, it's kind of what she's thinking to herself. But yeah, so now she's still in the house. Uh, but Edgar's going to stay out there and like pick stuff up, you know, all yeah. the shit that fell over. So yeah. Anyway, back to the house with the, with Phyllis is alone. Right. No, I, I love that. That's, that is absolutely perfect. So yeah. So we have, uh, we have Phyllis, you know, in the house, like she, she's working on dinner. Maybe we see like, you know, she bends down. We see like a camera angle from like her opening the oven. So we see like from inside the oven oh, and nice. we, we see like the shake, like a shaky legged person walking up behind her. Um, like, you know, like walking a little, like uneven on its feet, you know? Okay. And, yeah. And then like, you know, she closes the oven. So we think someone's right behind her. She turns, no one's there, but the big knife that she was chopping the apples with is gone. Oh yes. So oh. she's like, go ahead, go ahead, <laughs> go for it. Sorry. Okay. I had one of those like light bulb ideas just pop just for a creepy thing. Okay, so mm-hmm. you, you've been to a cornfield, right? When the wind blows, you can almost hear this like rattling noise when oh hell yeah especially if the husks are dry a little bit and it's not exactly like a rattlesnake rattle but like it's that same idea so what if right when earlier we saw the silhouette right in front of the camera when edgar thought it was the trick-or-treaters or or the guys playing pranks we hear that little just this little rattle little rattling sound of like you know corn husks rubbing together and then we jumped forward exactly what you just said the reason, you know, Phyllis kind of jumps up, maybe she jumps up nervous a little bit. She's in the oven looking for putting the pie in. And then she hears this little this little rattle of, you know, corn husks rubbing together and kind of stands up real quick. Like she heard something. But, yeah, there's nobody there. The knife is gone. You know, we kind of add this audible element, a theme. It's like the Jason mm-hmm. music kind of a thing. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. That's perfect. Because, again, like he's he's all stuffed with like hay and old corn husks and shit. So he would be making that noise when he moves around. So perfect. That, that's perfect. But yeah, so have, have her turn around and have her look and be like, you know, my, my knife is gone. Like, what the hell? You know, and start looking around and be like, oh, Phyllis, I swear you'd lose your head if it wasn't screwed on. You know, that kind of commentary. Yeah. And then, like, you know, have her yell outside to, to Edgar be like, what's going on? What's taking so long out there? And I'd be like, damn, kids knocked over all the ample buckets. You know, he's all pissed <laughs> off. Yeah. So she's like, oh, my and turn around and have the scarecrow just standing right in front of her. Oh, and it's got that, like, the big painted-on grin. Like, I'm picturing him looking kind of like uh, Scarecrow from Return to Oz, where it's nice. the big painted-on face, like the burlap sack with the the uh, the hay sticking out out of it. But he's got, mm-hmm. like, the big rosy cheeks and, like, the big, like, maybe not, maybe not button eyes, but, like, you know, big white dots where his eyes should be. Like, you know, having just that big, mm-hmm. you know, animated grin. And before she can scream, he just fucking shoves the knife in her throat. Oh, just like, yeah, nice. You know, <laughs> very much like, you know, she killed the drifter by stabbing him in the throat. Nice. He just Perfect. like, and like, could just cuts off her scream. And she's like, just gurgling. And he's just watching her, you know, head tilted. And then we could even like focus back on him and just hear that squelching and twisting. Like he's pulling and messing with the knife. And then just see blood spatter across his mask. And then he just kind of happily bobs away. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's perfect. It's like, he's going to take a second to twist that knife and pop a couple arteries, you know? Yeah. (laughs) No, I love that. That's, it's a little bit more twisted than just like a, you know, a little slasher monster where it's like, you know, death to you and on to the next one. He's like, he's going to take a second and enjoy it. Yeah. (laughs) And especially because he's, he's got a painted on grin. I just find that creepy. Oh yeah. Like he's so happy about it. (laughs) Okay, so now that Phyllis is dead, um, 
obviously Edgar's next. Now we don't have other people here for like a slasher body count, and it's a short story, so yeah. we, we got to get Edgar. But there's got to it's got to be harder, right? Edgar's got to be tougher. Like not necessarily that the scarecrow is having a hard time because it would be funny if it was almost effortless for him. But you know, Edgar's gonna try to try to run, try to fight back, whatever. I just kind of want to like you know, I, I I don't want it to be you know quite so cut and dry. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm pumped. Um, Actually, yes. that would have been a fun title too, cutting yeah. right. Um, so yeah, so we'll have we'll have Edgar out there, like he's picking up the buckets, you know, you know, putting away the barrels, and then maybe he does something like while he's got his back to the open barn door, like we see the big, you know, the the uh, like the the light from outside, like from the spotlight in the yard or whatever, shining sure. and casting like a big white you know, a uh, light spot on the back of the barn. And then we just see like a shadow kind of sidle into frame behind Edgar. So we see it like projected mm-hmm. on the wall of the barn and have him like, look up and be like, Oh, Phyllis, is that you? And he turns and he sees the fucking scarecrow. And maybe, maybe Edgar ain't dumb. Maybe as soon as he sees like a fucking walking scarecrow, he's like, you know, who are you? What do you want? The scarecrow takes a step toward him and he's gone. He just starts yeah. running. Edgar's like, fuck this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, have him like running through, like running, running, runs out of the other side of the barn. He's running through the apple orchard and we just see like the scarecrow bobbing along behind him. Like just again, that painted on grin now covered in blood, just like staggering, uh, staggering along. Yeah. He's running, he's getting lost in the apple orchard. Like he's running around, he's, he's tripping over shit. You know, he's doing all the, t- the horror movie tropes, you know, you're moving too quick and not watching where you're going. So you're going to stumble. He's going to get back up. You know, he's, he's scraping his knees as he keeps falling over and tripping and stuff. And eventually I want him to like trip over some gnarled fucking roots and yeah. have them twist around his legs. Oh, nice. Nice. And then like have him be like, Whoa, what's going on? I can't, I can't get my boat free. And he's like fighting then more like the, uh, the gnarled roots start like grabbing onto him and holding him in place. And then the scarecrow comes sidling up, you know, and, and like the, the, the vines and shit from, or like the roots and shit, like mm-hmm. hold Edgar up. And the scarecrow just kind of looks at him and just starts cutting into him. Just slowly carving him open. So we see. Oh, good, good. No, I know. I love this. I just, I think it'd be fun to add a little touch because where I thought you were going, and maybe this was just me like rewriting the story in my own head, right? (laughs) But where I thought you were going was uh, like some kind of like farm implement or farm tool as a weapon. So I know we used the big knife in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. And so again, go with me here. I think it might be interesting if leave the knife behind and so while while uh, edgar is running maybe he doesn't just run blindly maybe when he runs towards from whatever barn or shed that he's at is he's gonna run toward where he's got like farm tools and he's gonna grab like a sickle you know those like half moon looking oh, yeah. blades right but this one's like kind of rusty which i just think makes it worse you know yeah yep. <laughs> and then he's gonna grab it and he's gonna turn and like swing at where he thought the scarecrow was still over by the barn scarecrow's nowhere to be seen like scarecrow's gone and then but edgar's just getting panic he's like sweating and he's just like uh these kids are getting real serious this year <laughs> you know or something and then um or and maybe that knife I don't know if we want to have this character like throw stuff. Maybe he like the knife just like ping and it starts like shaking because he just threw it into the wood right next to Edgar's head. You know, perfect. Yeah. And and that's when Edgar takes off into the orchard. He still has this like sickle in his hand. And maybe part of how he's going to slow down and let 
the scarecrow catch up to him is like he's running panic, but every once in a while he's turning and kind of swinging behind him. So he's not really running as fast as he can because he's kind of like in a panic trying to like blindly swing around because he keeps thinking, you know, that everything around him is the scarecrow. And then, yeah, eventually he trips over some roots. He goes sprawling. Uh, he still has the sickle in his hand, but like, yeah, like you said, the roots come out from the trees and they're, they're wrapping all around him. They're going to pick him up. And then maybe the scarecrow to the camera, maybe not like in in the story, but have, I think it'd be funny if the scarecrow just came straight up into the camera view, almost like he was, you know, growing out of the ground. Yeah. You know, it would just be fucking creepy. And, and then have, you see this like tree branch, like swing over and like grab Edgar's hand and force it over to where the scarecrow is. And he's just like plucks it out of his hand. Like, thank you very much. You know, thank you for the sickle. <laughs> Love it. Love it. So, yeah. So, oh, dude. Okay. So, yeah. So everything you just said happens. Uh, he, he, you know, he gets the sickle from Edgar and like maybe he like kind of circles him around back because I'm picturing like him, him going around back and just lifting the sickle up all shaky armed because, again, he's he's made out of hay and stuff <laughs> like picks up and just slashes down across Edgar's back. He's screaming and we see the the scarecrow start just like pulling the skin back. Like nice. he's just like, like not, not quite, what is it? Blood Eagle? Not like that. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. but just like ripping his skin open. And like, we just hear Edgar screaming bloody murder. And like, we see again, like, let's, let's do like the shadow thing where we see like blood hitting the ground and like the scarecrows just ripping and tearing and shoving things. And eventually what I want to get to is we pan out and we see both Edgar and Phyllis like up on, like just kind of jammed onto the scarecrow spot like pieces of them missing, you know, uh, like freaking hay and, and, and corn and all this shit like rammed into them. So there's like these corpses filled with with, you know, debris stuck up on the new scarecrow thing. Have the scarecrow like, you know, again, looking at him smiling and then just fall apart like the spirit can now rest. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I love that. That's a great way to end this. And um, yeah, fuck yeah, dude. That's awesome. Oh, Let's have the black cat come back out again, just like we started. We kind of started this with Scott in the alleyway, and I mm-hmm. didn't really plan it. It's just it's a it's a it's a good way to kind of draw the stories together. If the cat maybe comes over and like you know nudges uh, some of the corn husks, or maybe even like licks some blood off its paws, mm-hmm. and then and then we see the cat just run off, and then we can kind of cut to the cat is like in town, like you know running down the street again, maybe maybe passing another character that we'll see later again, you know to kind of tie things together. Before um, before we do that, let, let, let's let's do one thing. So we see the scarecrow fall, right? And mm-hmm. we pan out and we see the bodies. Like we just kind of focus on the bodies, and then we see the silhouette of a figure there. And we turn the camera around to see Sam just kind of staring. Oh yeah, st- staring at the two new scarecrows, and then turn to walk as he's biting an apple. <laughs> nice. And yes. then have do the thing you said with the cat, like walks by and like licks blood off its paw, then scurries away, and we kind of follow the cat. Yeah, that's perfect, especially when you think about when we see Sam in the first movie, he's a trick-or-treater, so he's, like, eating candy, and he even is stopped by Krieg by being given candy. You know, candy Mm -hmm. is kind of both the thing that he wants, it's his weakness, and it's kind of funny, too, because, you know, there are people who, you know, give out apples at Halloween, so perfect, you know, for him. Yeah, yeah, we eat, he's, like, he almost, like, let's have the camera, like, blur the background and then refocus to the foreground. There's the cat who watches him, and then, yeah, the cat, like, jumps away. So we're gonna, we're gonna use the cat to connect, okay, where, where is our next character at? 
you know, mm-hmm. to or- orient ourselves. And in the first movie, they kind of jumped around in time a little bit. The stories weren't all um, chronological. Yeah. yeah. So that could maybe happen here. But so far, I'm not sure that that really works, you know, mm-hmm. um, unless we have the cat, you know, go to the alleyway where Scott gets killed and then on to the next one. But it doesn't really matter. The point right. is, uh, okay, so my turn for the story. So we're going to have the cat run to this cute little house, very much like Wilkins or Krieg's house we saw in the first movie. Just, you know, cute little suburban house. And we saw in the first movie, and this is what gave me the idea, that when Wilkins was in his backyard, there is, for some reason, a full-frame zoom-in shot on a garden gnome in his backyard <laughs> and he's using it to like weigh down a tarp that's covering the grave that he's digging for you know this this kid that he that he captured and, and tried to kill um and so i just thought that would be really funny so we see this we, yeah, we see the cat go to this little house and he goes by this little garden gnome but then there's like another garden gnome and there's another garden gnome and this little cute little cottage style house and it looks like you know, I hate to stereotype, but it looks like your grandma's house. You know, mm-hmm. there's like wooden cutouts and like silhouettes of like little kids and cherubs and angels in the yard. And there's all kinds of just like stuff and tchotchkes and like the garden. And there's like a fuckload of garden gnomes and there's like a fountain and flowers on, you know, the windowsills. You know, again, like I can picture it perfectly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So we're going to pan inside the house or, you know, maybe or the, no, the cat's going to go into the house. The cat's going to run into the back door, you know, meow and jump up on the counter. And there's a woman there. And okay. I know that I know that Anna Paquin was in the first movie, but I'm always picturing her as this character when I thought of this story. I don't know why. So I'm just I'm just she's just going to play this role, too, in my head, at least. <laughs> gotcha. um, so we're going to call this character Anna just because to make it easier for me. Uh, um, so there's this woman there and she's. Very much like Phyllis, she's like cooking. Um, she's at the counter and chopping board, whatever it is. And she's going to see the cat and be like, oh, you're back. Hi. Or whatever. She's she's expecting the cat. Like Maybe it's her cat. We don't know that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's going to just immediately jump into – I don't have all this dialogue worked out, so help me out here because the dialogue you know, is not my strong suit. But something like she's narrating or kind of telling the cat what she's doing while she's cooking. But it's going to become really obvious really soon that what she's cooking is not like normal food, right? Okay. So she's going to be like, oh, you're just in time. Like I was just about to you know, uncork the like you know, tongue of frog for tonight's special recipe. And you, like, you see her cutting board, and it's all like slimy green tentacly stuff and like little <laughs> powders of like weird colors and stuff. Uh, so she's clearly like a witch who's like cooking something. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is where I need a little bit of help to get where I need to go because basically what she's going to explain to this, I guess the cat now, the cat will be our standing for the audience is, mm-hmm. you know, that she it's Halloween night. It's like the biggest night of the year, you know, for her and her sisters. And she's so excited because she it's the first year that she gets to, you know, make uh, the the spell of protection for uh, for the, their their coven meeting later or, you know, whatever that they're going to have out in the woods. And she'll mention some other person's name like, uh, I don't know, Gretel. Maybe oh, Gretel is, you know, gonna is out there right now as we speak, you know, like uh, setting up the bonfire. And Tara is drawing all of the arcane you know symbols you know in the trees or whatever and just 
really laying on the fact that like she's a witch, but she's like bubbly about it, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, she, she, she's almost like um, oh my god, do you remember Four Rooms? Yes, yes. The, the the coven that was in that, how they were all happy go lucky, and they were all just like. You know, like all the witches were just like they were so happy to be witches. <laughs> yes. And there's this episode of Broad City where they you don't really know if it's a real like witches coven in like Central Park in New York City. Mm-hmm. But Abby and Alana are just having a very like women empowerment kind of a day. And they hook up with these like older women who are just like fuck society, fuck the norms, fuck the patriarchy. And they like dance around a bonfire in like Central Park. And it's and but it's like they're witches coven, but they're also just ecstatic about it and just having a good fucking time, man. <laughs> Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so that's kind of what I'm picturing is she's just she's so excited, like, oh, I get to you know make the protection spell this year and I got to make sure I have all the ingredients and everything laid out. I have my like eye of newt, you know, my, you know, heart of bat or whatever. Again, it's like Mm -hmm. very traditional witchy type stuff. And maybe she has like a little, you know, like her hair tied up in like a little babushka wrap or something, you know, Uh, again. But again, she's young. And so she's going to go and mix up this recipe but while she's doing it she's telling the story and she's like i have to be so careful to like get the recipe just right because you know when my mentor magda what you know was was in charge of this recipe she forgot like the most important ingredient and uh, which I, I don't know what that is you know it's like uh, tears of children or something you know <laughs> <laughs> um but what she's doing is she's kind of explaining the rules of like you have to make sure that it's exactly right all the ingredients have to be there you have to put them in in the right order you have to say the right you know spell you have to like you know have the freshest you know most purest ingredients um wait all the while you know she's like she's like chopping shit up and then but then we're gonna find out that she's like a little absent-minded herself she's like yeah you know when my when my mentor you know magda taught me this recipe she made this big mistake and she forgot the most important ingredient and it was uh Oh, fooey. What was it again? It was. And, oh, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> and she's like, oh, I remember Tears of Children. And she like picks up a little vial and it has like, you know, some salt water in it. See, I wouldn't forget this. This is the most important part. And then she's going to yeah go back to her spell again. And, you know, she's going to at some point she's going to be putting stuff in and just be like, oops. Uh, hmm. OK, I can fix this. I can fix this. It's OK. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and then as she's doing that and explaining it to the cat, she's going to hear something. Just like before, when you like heard something creepy outside, she's gonna hear something smash like glass or like ceramic right outside, and have her turn and look and be like, "Oh, just kids." Again, kind of drawing the theme of like everyone thinks that these are just like Halloween prankers, you know? Right. And and we didn't talk ahead of time, so it kind of kind of cool that we both kind of had the same idea. Um, mm. And so then she goes again. She's gonna she goes about the recipe. The point is that she's gonna like sort of absentmindedly, but also. You know, kind of, she doesn't really care that she's make, making like little goofs, and she's telling a story about how it's so important not to make mistakes while she's making mistakes. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the, and just, I, I feel like the cat's gonna give her like a like a tilt head side eye at one point, like really, bitch, like what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, now you should know better than this. Exactly, and. So again, she she hears a noise again, and we're gonna pan outside to the yard outside where we saw all that shit, all those like tchotchkes and stuff. And so what I'm hoping the audience will notice, but I don't want to like draw the camera in on, is that some of the garden gnomes are gone that were there before. They're not there now. Ah, uh, okay. All right. So you, you see where I'm going with this now, I think. Mm-hmm. 
So we'll go back in the house and then have her. She's going to be like, okay, now I need to, you know, I need to, you know, stoke the fire to exactly 575 degrees. So I'm going to need my biggest cauldron. Oh, fooey, I left it in the barn, you know, or whatever, left it in the garage. And (laughs) so, and then, so she goes and she opens up the back door and she hears this like ceramic smash again. And she stops and kind of cocks her head like, oh, whatever. Like she's just kind of blowing it off. Nothing, nothing's going to scare her. She's so bubbly and happy. And so she's going to go to go outside. And maybe when she does, she sees again that the garden gnomes are gone and maybe she's like she's gonna stop and she's gonna look and she's gonna be like oh and you know where is you know mr beardy and his friends normally you know normally uh you know red cap jr is right here hmm. oh well <laughs> where, where's mr Winklebottom? <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly <laughs> stuff like that right <laughs> So she goes out to like the garage and she's like digging around and it's dark again. We'll do the same thing that you said before. And it's kind of cool that this is like thematically similar where like a fake red herring jump scare kind of a thing. She's Mm -hmm. in the, she's in the garage and it's dark and she's digging around. And then like you hear this big crash and just, she stands up and turns the light on and she's like, Oh, I knew I should have turned the light on first and whatever. She like knocks all this like shit over. Like she did it herself. Right. So she pulls this big, like, you know, black iron cauldron out. Oof, this is so heavy. And she's, like, trying to struggle with it, you know, back out the door of the garage. And, like, oh, like it's, you know, cauldrons are fucking solid iron. Like, they're heavy as right. shit, you know. <laughs> and uh, and maybe as she gets outside, like, she stumbles with it, falls forward into the grass. And she looks up and, like, there's one of these garden gnomes. But – and then, yeah – like you said, she's like, oh, there you are, Mr. Wigglebottom. Like, <laughs> normally you're on the stoop. What are you doing over here? And, like, she doesn't really expect it to answer. She's just, you know, absent-minded yeah. and, like, weird and just kind of talking like she was talking to the cat. Like, she doesn't expect the cat to talk back. Except in this case, Mr. Little Wigglebottom does respond. Except oh, shit. he doesn't answer her. He doesn't. This, this is the thing that I thought was super creepy, and I hope you do too. Is I was like, how do I make garden gnomes scary? Because I saw that garden gnome zoom in in Wilkins' backyard in the first movie, and I wrote a note down of like, gotta find a way to use that because no one would expect it, right? <laughs> right. So, so the gnome doesn't open its mouth, but you notice it also doesn't look like it's ceramically glazed anymore you know what i'm talking about like there's that mm-hmm. like shiny glaze you put on something ceramic to protect the paint or whatever yep you don't see that like it looks more real and i want the audience to notice that but what's going to happen is it's going to imagine the garden gnome looks up like it turns its face to the sky except that what we think is the face is not the face that's the top of its head so when it looks up, what it does is it opens up its neck, which is its fucking mouth full of needle teeth. And it oh, has these Jesus. little little red glowing beady eyes that are like in the beard. The beard is like eyebrows. <laughs> oh, that's creepy as crap. <laughs> and just have it be like, you know, do this like uh, like mountain lion hiss right right in her face and that's when she finally snaps out of it and it's like you see her really get scared for the first time and like her face kind of like goes pale and but of course she's like oh fiddlesticks no (laughs) (laughs) oh fiddlesticks i love it 
So she jumps up and runs, and this little fucking gnome thing. Now, again, picture this. It's standing up right. Like, you see these little gnomes, like the little red caps, right? Little pointed yep. hats. The, it's not a pointed hat. It's like the back of its skull, like a little, like, xenomorph-looking thing with, like, a spike on the back of its head. And it's, it, it is, it's not, it's standing upright. So when it goes to move forward, it's like little arms come forward and its knees bend, except because it's actually going down on all fours, the joints go the wrong way. If you can picture that, like animal Ooh, joints. Yeah. You know? So imagine this little garden gnome where its mouth is in its neck, its head is pointed straight up with a spike off the back, and its arms and legs, the joints bend the wrong way, and it fucking runs like a cat at you. That's fucking terrifying. <laughs> like, I kind of want to draw this now. That's like, that's really creepy. <laughs> Yes, I hope so. I, I wanted to like invent a monster, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that is something I can say I've never seen. Now I've seen garden gnomes, uh, you know, in in horror fiction, um, or just gnomes in horror fiction, but I have not seen that. That's fucking creepy, man. <laughs> so kudos, <laughs> damn. Yes. Nice. Um, <laughs> So, okay, so so now my, my question is, like, is is the, the gnome attack, is this going to be because of witchcraft gone wrong? Or is it that she, because she uh, did something she wasn't supposed to? Like, what is, or is it just because they're fucking monsters on Halloween? No, so the way I wrote this down, the whole idea was that I was like, how do I make garden gnomes scary? It's like, first of all, they're not really gnomes, they're these monsters, that, but they're like, they have a spell that keeps them like petrified and they just happen to look like little Norwegian guys, you know, nice. <laughs> like David, the gnome, you know, um, but so they're actually petrified creatures. And I mentioned this protection spell. And the idea is that garden gnomes, as we think of them as like lawn ornaments are actually protectors. They're wards that are created by witches. And like, that was the original origin of them, right? That you would capture these ah. little creatures and you'd put them in your yard. And just by their spirit, just by being there, like totems, like uh, enemies of the witch stay away. You know, the, the, the Puritans and the people with the pitchforks and shit coming to get the witches. It's like they came up with a way to protect themselves, but they have to get the protection spell correct and they have to redo it every year. So they're, it's Halloween. Oh. It's, the, it's the big night of the year. They're going to the big coven in the woods and they're going to cast all the spells to keep Warren Valley, you know, Halloween uh, or keep Warren Valley protected from the outside world so they can have all the werewolves and serial killers and witches and shit that run wild all the time and they're gonna you know and so it's her Dude. turn to do the protection spell and she fucks it up so all the gnomes who are trapped become untrapped because the spell expired okay okay we gotta back up because you just yeah had that light bulb moment okay sweet sweet so all right so when, when she is i'm sorry what what, what was her name do we name Anna. her anna okay yeah. anna so when anna's doing all this and she's talking to the cat and she's you know going on she could be talking about how, um, you know, they they used to be, you know, a coven of four and be like, but, you know, sometimes we all disagree, you know, and can't not everyone can get along. And, you know, we had to kick her out, you know, and maybe she's like looking at the cat like Mr. Boots or whatever his name is. It's like we, <laughs> right. we had to kick her out because she wanted to use witchcraft, you know, for her own benefit, for ill intent to others. Nice. And, you know. When you do that, it comes back on you threefold, and we don't want to be cursed. Our, we want to make protection spells for our little town and, like, nice. have her talking about that. So, Because this is going to come back later because, they're like, I can't believe how well this fits together without yeah. being fucking bland. I'm so excited now. So 
we have we we have we have to have that mention. And we're not going to mention any names. We're not going to say she's just like talking about their fourth, you know, the other one that we had to get rid of. Um. So yeah. So now we fast forward to where you were talking about, nice. like where where the gnome is chasing her because she fucked up the protection spell. I love it. So it isn't that she did something malicious. It's that she, you know, her people had been using this this powerful creature mm-hmm. as a totem for all these years and she just slipped up because she's absent-minded yeah and it's like well shit (laughs) yeah Yeah, exactly so it's not yeah to your point it wasn't malicious that she disrespected halloween but she's still fucked up it's like you know it's like manslaughter like involuntary manslaughter like if you kill somebody even you didn't mean to like you still might go to jail for it so it's like she didn't mean to mess up this like uh witchcraft protection that the whole town had been under that allows you know sam and like i said you know wilkins and all these guys to you know to thrive you know without the outside world wondering why so many people die on halloween in warren valley ohio (laughs) you know right but because she didn't pay attention to what she was doing, she messed it up. And now she's going to pay because all those gnomes that were in her yard are now awake. And they are fucking pissed because they've been trapped in her yard for who knows how long. You know, it could be hundreds of years for all we know. Nice. So, OK, so are we we're going to we have to have uh, that, you know, that the gnomes like chase her to the others, right? Oh, yeah. So. At this point, it's just a classic, like, little critters story that you see in all these anthologies, right? Like the Zuni doll and uh, the little uh, possessed slave uh, dolls from Tales from the Hood, right? Tales from the right. Hood had that story. Yep. But, and, and I love those types of stories. A movie, a movie like Dolls, ugh, give me the oh, yeah. release, you know? <laughs> The little critters, like even the movie critters and, you know, and munchies, and they're not all good, but it's a horror tradition to have the the little creatures, the little vermin rat type creatures that, you know, swarm. And so that's mm-hmm. what's going to happen is this one that chases her into the house. But when she gets in the house, she's not safe because she sees in every shadow the glistening, you know, xenomorph teeth or whatever, you know, the needle teeth everywhere she looks. And so it's a pretty straightforward story from here. It doesn't have to have any twists and turns, really. It's just her trying to survive this critter attack, but she's not gonna. (laughs) So yeah. So, okay. So uh, like, let's, let's have her, you know, uh, you know, fighting them in the house. Like we, we could have a couple different things like, you know, do the horror trope, like tries to run up the stairs. Maybe they're at the top of the stairs, run back down the stairs. You're like, we got to have the gnomes like scare her several times in the house, maybe get a couple bites on her. So Mm -hmm. she's, you know, she's a little, like her clothes are a little tattered and she's a little bloody from getting attacked. She makes it out to the woods. Um, We got to see the other two witches like doing whatever they're doing and have whatever they're doing get fucked up because of the gnomes. So their spell never gets completed. Nice. Okay. Something's going to happen. Okay. No, I love this. Right. So let's say they start as a group of maybe she says, oh, we started with six. I'm just thinking six is like six, 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 like, you know, evil number, whatever. And so there was one that like went astray so then there's five of them left that's her and four more but we don't necessarily have to have them all here but yeah to your point i think it's great like she's running screaming bloody you know needle holes all in her legs from like the attacks in the house and, yeah we, and we could again we could back up and explain it all but i don't think we really need to but just classic you know she's throwing rolling pins at him you know maybe she maybe she manages to kill one of them by like throwing it in her you know uh, under her cutting board and getting it with a knife or throw it on the stove where she was you know boiling uh you know snake brains or something i don't know you know oh yeah she can even throw it like in the cauldron (laughs) like yeah 
Yeah, exactly. So it's like we're going to have, you know, a little bit of this back and forth where, you know, she's like the mom in Gremlins, you know, trying to survive. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so she's going to get away and you think, oh, cool, like she's going to she's going to run and she's screaming, running toward the woods. You hear this like stampede noise like way louder than it should be for these little creatures you know <laughs> right <laughs> and it's just getting louder and louder and she's panicking and running and screaming yeah and she gets to this place where they're like they're building like a bonfire they haven't lit it yet maybe but they're building it and, or maybe the one witch is like holding the torch they're about to light it and you see these like uh arcane symbols drawn all around maybe there's four of them and one of the the other witches is just like anna finally wait what's going on like what's wrong and they see her screaming like help run and the the fucking you know critters the gnomes are just i can't i wish i could do the sound effects but you just hear them you know their pitter patter is like a stampede of horses just coming from everywhere because it wasn't just the ones at anna's house it was every gnome remember wilkins had one in his yard oh, right it was shit so it's good. That's this. That, I guess that's really the only twist is that there's more than we originally thought. But yeah, I want them to not just swarm Anna, but swarm the whole coven, the four of them that are there. And maybe like the the torch falls on the bonfire and it lights up, and one of the witches gets tackled like into the fire, and like <laughs> the whole the coven meeting is just like fucked. <laughs> See now, I'm picturing them like the Izzes from the Max. Oh, that's perfect. You know, like the 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 tidal wave of monsters but yeah so like she she runs out to the woods and, and like like to your point they, you know they, they chase after her. they're like you know what the hell like they were gonna finish whatever spell they were doing the protection spell and they can't because the gnomes come attacking from mm -hmm. all corners and yeah like i love that like one tackles uh you know the one into the fire she burns up you know the, the bonfire starts the others just like you know maybe they like they swarm over like the critter ball in part two mm -hmm. they, they mm -hmm. swarm over one of them and you just see like bloody remains left afterwards <laughs> you know nice. so like they kill all of them and then we should end this story with just like a pan out from the woods and just see all the little gnomes like crowded in one like in a clearing in the woods just like glistening teeth blood all over them just kind of smiling so now yes. they're, they're free <laughs> yes. they're out there they're finally free. Yeah, no, that's, that'd be awesome. We could even make it, I don't know if you want to do this, but we could even make it so that, like, while they're destroying the coven meeting, maybe they're almost almost accidentally casting a spell because, you know, they're throwing a witch into a fire and they're, you know, they're messing up arcane symbols that were already drawn. And, you know, maybe there was some other, like, magical spell potion ingredients around maybe they knock over some like vials of powders or whatever it's almost like in their stampede it's like this this was supposed to be a protection spell but instead they fucked it up and now it's a different kind of spell that they didn't mean to cast but you know they've cast it with like you know their the, the sacrifice of like you know the, the spell caster in the fire or you know whatever i mm -hmm. i'm not sure how we would explain it but i almost i think it might be interesting if you almost like saw that yeah at the end these gnomes they're glistening in the woods but like maybe they're looking at the bonfire and the bonfire is like changing colors and maybe there's like did I see eyes in the fire? Like, what's happening here? What you know? if the gnomes start scratching into the dirt symbols of their own? Oh, okay. I can get down with so, that. So, like, we don't know what we don't know what these things are. So, like, they start scratching, and we see like all this weird, like, almost like in another language, like other like writing in the dirt, and have them like giggling as we pan out. So they're oh, yeah. up to something. 
I like that. I'll, let's have the camera shot be like straight down. You can see like a circle of them around the fire. And yeah, it's like you're, you're almost seeing like a like a mandala pattern or something that's coming into into shape. We don't exactly know what it is, but yeah, just pan out. And then again, maybe we we, we the camera moves and there's the cat sitting there watching the flames are reflected in its eyes and it's just like licking a paw and then you know and then maybe it like looks over and sam is there like looking down at it and then maybe Mm -hmm. sam maybe sam like shakes his head and like slumps his shoulders and walks away you know (laughs) dragging his bloody bag behind him exactly (laughs) right and then of course the cat's gonna run off and okay your turn, Mike. Where, where does the cat take us next? And it's funny because this is the story that I have about the black cat. So the cat came back. Oh, um, <laughs> so. So, yeah, nice. we see uh, I, I want to we'll see the cat like run into town. And I want to focus on, again, a, a another little kid who uh, is a sociopath in training here. Um, so and now I put Tommy as the name because I was like, OK, we haven't <laughs> used Tommy yet. We've used Billy and Bobby. <laughs> so let's sure. throw Tommy in there. <laughs> Um, so, but I, I want to have this kid like, you know, maybe he's like sitting in like a, the, the, like a tree house out behind his house and we, we like zoom in on him and we see him like pulling the wings and legs off of a fly, just kind of like laughing as it's twitching. Um, nice. like clearly he, that's, that's a little, little twisted, you know, and then we could pan around his tree house and we could see like dead frogs in jars and like, you know, like maybe there's like a dead bird pinned to the wall. Like he's been killing little animals. Nice. So, okay. so something is wrong with Tommy, obviously. And then, uh, you know, like he, he, you know, gets maybe like his mom calls him like, you know, Tommy, aren't you going trick or treating? They'll be like, come in, mom. And like he runs down the, the climbs down the ladder from the treehouse. And, you know, he runs up to the house. You know, she like pinches his cheeks like, oh, you're so cute. I can't believe what a good boy you are. You know, that type of a thing. Completely oblivious that her son is a fucking psycho. Oh, yeah, they um, usually are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, like, you know, he puts on his little his little devil costume or whatever and runs off trick or treating. And while he's trick or treating, we see him being a total dick to the uh, like to the little kids. Like anytime a parent isn't looking like, you know, he shoves a kid or like trips a kid, yeah. just like laughing and running off. Like just be, he's like not even out there for the candy. He's just like fucking with all the other kids. Right. Yep. And we so, already saw with Scott at the beginning that like that's not cool. It, exactly. So, you know, it's like Tommy's running through the neighborhood causing chaos. And eventually, like, he gets to, you know, we'll have him, like, get to the, you know, the end of the neighborhood, like maybe out by that drugstore we were talking about where the alleyway is. Okay, and nice. He, he sees a black cat. And he's like, oh, come here, little kitty. And he's like waving it over and it comes running over and kind of like headbutts against him and he picks it up and he puts it in his bag. Oh, and now the cat's bitch. like, yeah, he's the cat's yowling and like, you know, is trying to get out and he like drags it into the woods and like starts beating it against a tree. Jason style, just like <laughs> until the cat stops moving. We see blood in the bag and then like he pulls this dead cat out of the bag and like kind of like, you know, just just stares at it, like, you know, smiling with what he's done, drops the cat in the woods and leaves. Oh, Mr. Boots. <laughs> yeah. So he 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 goes back to his his, his little tree house and maybe he's he's eating candy. Well, he looks up and there's the cat sitting there watching him. I was like, where the hell did you come from? <laughs> you nice. know, so maybe like, you know, he goes to grab the cat and it claws at him. He's like, you little bastard. He grabs, he just like literally like chokes it while looking it in the eyes, you know, just like fucking murders the cat, like cold blood murder. Then, you know, drags it. Maybe he like pins the cat to the wall, like one of the birds. And he's like, ha, showed you. Nice. And like, yeah. you know, goes to go, go back inside. 
and he hears the meowing. Turns around, the cat's <laughs> watching him. Nice. <laughs> so it's like, you know, what the hell? Like you, you can't be the, you can't be the same cat. Maybe like this time he just like grabs the cat and fucking throws it into traffic. Just like, just. <laughs> he's just like, he's just like, just kick it, like you know, just punt it right into traffic. <laughs> right. And you just hear like, you know, and and maybe like when he does that, we can see uh, you know, somebody else from maybe maybe like Edgar driving home or so. I don't know. We can see someone else from from the town, like, oh shit, what was that? You know, just like yeah, and run run over this poor cat. Um. So, you know, like, basically the point is he keeps trying to kill the cat and the keep the cat keeps coming back. Yeah. Um, now, is the cat getting, like, messed up looking or is it just totally fine every time? Oh, just appearing yeah. fine. Just like so you have to question. OK, is it the same cat. That's, you okay, know, perfect. That's exactly what I was going to say, too. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Did you if you have something to throw, go for it. Like, I, I still have way more, but I'm, I'm open to suggestions. No, no, no. This is good so far. I just, I just wanted to make sure I was following along. But also, yeah, I like this idea that is it the same cat? Is it the same black cat we've been seeing? Is it the same cat every single time? But I also like this idea of like we could potentially like mix up the chronological order of the stories a little bit. Like you said, mm-hmm. with like if Edgar drives by because it's like, OK, well, he's dead. So that would mean if he's not dead yet, then we saw the black cat later. So that means that the black cat was dead, you know, whatever. So I just want to make sure that I'm following. But yeah, continue. Right. Actually, you know what? Let, let's not have him go back home yet. Let's let's have him do the thing in, like where he captures a cat by the alleyway, kills it in the woods, goes back out trick or treating. You know, he sees the cat again, and maybe like it, maybe it hisses at him, and he mm-hmm. he does the thing where it's like you know he he punt this maybe have him punted into traffic here, so he yeah. punts it into traffic and like runs off, and uh you know then then we have him like he's he's finishing up trick or treating, he's heading home, it's getting late, and we hear like the yowling coming from behind him, like sh- like a shadow, just like. You know, and he's looking <laughs> yes. around like what, nice. you know, and then just like it's getting closer. Like we, we hear it coming closer and he starts running like he's getting a little scared, you know, try, tries to run home. And then like, you know, he's he's as he's running, like maybe his shoe gets stuck in like some mud, like you know, it's like the goopy mud. Like so he pulls yeah. it out, he's running barefoot and he hears the yowling and the yowling. And then the, he, he turns and the cat's sitting there on a fence post, like just watching him and have this be the time where he like grabs it and fucking chokes. And he's like, you're not you're not real. I killed you. And he's like, just <laughs> flipping out and like just brutally chokes this cat out you know cat's clearly dead you know he looks around no one saw him he, he throws it in a leaf pile and takes off running so have him you know like you know trying to get home right and then you know, he gets gets to the door and he's like fumbling with his home he's just like his key you know trying to get in and we hear the yowling getting closer and closer and closer and eventually like he turns and there's nothing there but then we pan down and the cat's right behind him and just fucking bites <laughs> into his Achilles tendon ah, he's of missing course. his shoe now yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> that like yeah, gauge under the bed uh, injury right <laughs> yep and have him just be like you know like dropping pain just like oh what the fuck you like screaming freaking out and then just hear more and more cats yowling so he like he tries to run he's trying to get to his treehouse trying to get back to safety where at least where he okay. thinks he'll be safe and then we see coming from out of the woods we see like you know all these eyes watching him and he's just like no no i killed you you can't be there you know and have we see the black cat we see mr boots just like kind of licking his paw watching and then have all these cats come out they're like spectral cats <laughs> and drag him off into the woods <laughs> screaming Oh, I love this idea that they're like spectral cats. Well, that's actually pretty cool. Um, and then, of course, we have to have Sam petting Mr. Boots. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's just perfect. I like that, that that's just like a it's a quick, like little to the point story. I think it's awesome, though. Um, 
I love this idea of these like spectral cats. And I think too, because we didn't plan it out ahead of time, but we both just did kind of like little critter stories, right? Yeah. The gnomes <laughs> and the, but what if just to differentiate a little bit, and I think it'd be creepy. What if you saw all these other cats, but when they come into view, it's obvious that these cats are messed up. They're dead. Oh, yeah. They're yeah, ghosts. Yeah, yeah. They're ripped up. They got three legs. They're missing eyes, whatever. Like, these are the monster cats. You know, they're, yeah. whether they're ghosts or zombies or whatever. Yeah, they're monster cats are going to come. And, yeah, they're going to, yeah. Like I said, they're, they're going to drag him. And we should, do, we should do that, like, that thing where he's, like, clawing the ground to stop him being dragged away and, like, breaks his fingernails. That oh, makes fuck every, yeah. <laughs> makes everybody, like, get the goosebump willies, you know? <laughs> fuck yeah. Well, yeah, and these, these are, like, the lives that the cats have lost because all cats have nine lives remember so ah, <laughs> these are the, the 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 lives that have been lost by the cats already and they they are taking revenge <laughs> i love it i love it and of Thank course you. while while he, i love no this is awesome i like the idea of the yeah, the nine the nine lives or hell it could even just be you know like eight cats or whatever you yeah know. exactly uh, and, and while they're dragging uh tommy off in the woods we can connect this into like what we just you know did where we could see like maybe there's like smoke coming from that bonfire, you know, or something, right? Like just if we wanted to connect the sto- two stories oh. together with like a little detail, you know. Fuck yeah. Um, yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, well, and, and it and, also makes sense because we end the, the the previous story with the cat watching the bonfire and and mm-hmm. Sam right there. So yeah, we see Tommy get dragged. Maybe he gets dragged past <laughs> the bonfire. <laughs> Oh, we, yeah. We just see Sam and Mr. Boots watching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be really funny. Yeah, exactly. Like, he just gets dragged right past it uh, and just into the deep, dark woods where, you know, obviously the, you know, the gnomes are out there somewhere, too. We don't know what ever happened to them. <laughs> right. Oh, dude, I love uh, it. That's yeah, fun. this is great. This is perfect. Yeah, and I love it. Just, you know, it's a quick to the point kind of a thing. Um, okay, so I think this is perfect. What we're going to do from here, I think, is have – Mr. Boots, that's his name now. Yep. <laughs> even though even though he's just a black cat and he doesn't have little little boot markings, but whatever. <laughs> um, Mr. Boots is gonna like uh, you know go back into town again. Again, we'll see we'll see the same thing. He's gonna you know he's gonna jump around the streets again. If we wanted to mess you know play with the chronological order of things, we could see a character we're gonna see later. Hell, we could even maybe see you know the Karen bitch from the first scene again, mm-hmm. and maybe maybe she's you know like on the phone yelling at somebody about you know like some you know estimate for work at her house or whatever. You know just typical like karen bullshit or maybe she's you know talking to a cop and you see that she's like accusing you know some uh black kid who's a trick-or-treater of like you know this this kid's obviously got a gun he harassed me officer you know oh i hate those people (laughs) so much yes Yes, perfect so yeah we can have this this little scene play out when mr boots just like pads down the street and then he's gonna jump up onto a sort of at the edge of town he's gonna jump up onto a jack-o'-lantern and go to like settle in and like i just love this image of like a black cat like nuzzled and about to take a little nap on top of a jack-o'-lantern but then somebody grabs the jack-o'-lantern and mr boots is like what the fuck you know wow and jumps away yep. um so then we're gonna follow follow the person carrying the jack-o'-lantern now this is another one of those stories where i was watching the the real trick-or-treat movie and i was inspired by something and i thought okay i can play off of that just like i saw the gnome and i'm like i gotta make gnomes creepy somehow you know so <laughs> who knows on that dude i'm impressed <laughs> yeah, like i i want to draw those that's fucking creepy 
Uh, be so fun. Um, like, I ain't even gonna lie. I, I don't mean to stop the, the podcast dead, but that when you were talking, like when you were given a descriptor, my legs are under my desk, and I kind of pulled them back and looked under my desk. <laughs> like it literally, like the image I had in my head gave me the willies. So. <laughs> nice. No, I love that. And I got, I got to admit too, I was totally inspired by uh, the cartoonist uh, Graham Annable. You know him. He does the uh, the Grickle comics. My, one um, of my favorites. Yep. Yeah, what what was that game that he did? It was like a, a, a oh a, um puzzle agent puzzle agent. That's it. Yeah, yes. there's like scary gnomes in that. That's the game I was for some reason I, the name of it just escaped me. But I was looking at or I was when I saw the gnomes in the first movie or the gnome in Wilkins' backyard, I just immediately thought, oh man, that's just like that game and like those things were creepy, but they were like regular gnomes and I'm like I don't want to just copy it, so I gotta make mine creepy somehow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the fucking hidden people give me the willies. That's like one yeah. of my favorite shorts by him. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He's done like little cartoons and comics and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, that dude's awesome. Mm-hmm. So Graham Annable. Uh, but yeah, so back to the story. Another thing that I was inspired by was the story from the first movie, and I don't know if it has a name, but it's the story of the school bus massacre, right? Ah, so yes. In this story, and correct me if I give the wrong synopsis here, but it it's both a present day story and then it has a flashback inside, and it's basically. The flashback tells of these children who went to this like special education school and they were like the embarrassment of the town. The school they went to was on like the outskirts or like some other town. And um, this school bus driver, there's some kind of conspiracy where they were like just going to get rid of these kids. And he drives them into uh, this old rock quarry, like bus and all into this old uh, rock quarry outside of town. And, then later on in the present day, there's these asshole trick-or-treater kids who they gather up all these jack-o'-lanterns and then they trick this uh, idiot savant girl who loves making jack-o'-lanterns. They trick her into coming with them and then they tell her the story. They take her to the rock quarry and then they pretend to be these like uh, spirits of like the dead children Mm-hmm. only to then be killed by the spirits of the actual dead children, you know, <laughs> yep. or the zombies or whatever. Um, but the thing that inspired me as I'm watching the story was that when they go to the rock quarry, there's this old like camper, like an RV camper with tables and chairs and stuff. Just no one ever mentions it. It's just there. Mm-hmm. Like somebody who worked at the quarry was living there and I'm watching it going, I need to do something with that. Like don't put that in a movie and then not explain an old creepy camper at the lip of a rock quarry where there was like a massacre, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. Um, so I want to tell the story of the guy who lives in there. And so we're going to have another story with like a flashback. Now the present day story is not as important. So that doesn't necessarily necessarily need to be any uh, horrific situation involved, but like what, what, we can kill people. Why not? You know? Right. <laughs> So you see somebody grabs this pumpkin, the jack-o'-lantern that the cat was just about to go to sleep on and pissing off Mr. Boots. But the the point is now we're going to segue into these two people who are talking and uh, just make it a man and a woman to keep it simple. And again, I, you would think I would like think of names ahead of time, but I never do. So since I mentioned uh, Broad City earlier, I'll just call this woman Abby. And she's walking with her boyfriend, and his name is going to be Corey. Abby is the one who grabs the jack-o'-lantern, and she's, like, in the middle of telling Corey a story. And this jack-o'-lantern is, like, a visual aid. So uh, she grabs it, and she's like, 
just like this one right here. So you see these jack-o'-lanterns all over town and nobody ever questions why they're here or why people in Warren Valley love Halloween so much. And you think it's just like a tradition or people brought over the tradition of making jack-o'-lanterns, you know, from the old world or whatever, but that's not it. I swear there's a story and I can't believe that people don't know about it. It's like everyone outside of this town has no idea what happens here for some reason, you know, like hint to like the protection spell, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and Corey's like her, her like nerdy boyfriend. And I'm picturing the two of these as, you know, Abby's these, she's this like know-it-all person, but she also believes in like conspiracy theories and shit. And her boyfriend is kind of this like nebbish little tag along who's just, you know, he's just there <laughs> to like hear the story. <laughs> um, and so she's, so she was like, it happened right over here uh, the very first time. And she walks over to where this old camper is, like, you know, by the rock quarry, and then have her boyfriend have Corey be like, oh, yeah, I've heard about this story. There was the story of the the school bus massacre where all these kids and she's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Everyone knows that story. Shut up. That's not what I'm talking about. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) But just a little callback. Right. And then Mm -hmm. she's like, no, not there. You know, here and she like turns and she points at the RV. She's like, "This is where he lived." And of course, Corey's like, "Who? Who lived in this? You know, this piece of shit?" And maybe right. he, like, you know, he kicks the corner of it and like, you know, something <laughs> falls off, whatever. Like, this <laughs> this has been out here forever. It's like people don't even see it anymore. And mm-hmm. uh, she's like, "Yeah, exactly. Like that's what the whole town like wants people to think, but they always forget the story of the caretaker." Uh, and then. She's got to say his name, which, again, you think I would have said his, thought of his name ahead of time, but <laughs> but I never do. Oh, oh, Wilkins. He's going to be a Wilkins, just like ah, uh, okay. uh, what's his name? Dylan Baker, uh, who was the serial killer guy. Yeah, maybe he was he was his grandfather, because remember, he talks about how important Halloween was to grandpa. Oh, that's right. I didn't even think about that. OK, that's perfect. I love how that fit together. OK. <laughs> So, uh, you know, Abby is like, yeah, exactly. The whole town forgets about Mr. Wilkins. And then, you know, Corey be like, the principal? Like, didn't he die? <laughs> right. <laughs> and she's like, no, you idiot. Like, this was his grandpa. You know, he, his grandfather. He worked here at the rock quarry. And then, you know, again, back and forth, Corey's like, the quarry's been closed forever. It was shut down before the school bus massacre even happened. And she's like, yeah, I know. Did you ever wonder why nobody filled in this giant open pit in, in the ground right outside of town? Right. <laughs> Which is what I was thinking when I saw the first movie. Cause I'm like, yeah, I get it. Like, it's this old, you know, industrial site and like it, but like, why was it so easy for these kids to go down there? Like you'd think people in town would have like put up a fence or something or <laughs> right. filled it in or pulled the bus out or something, you know, Just let it rot. <laughs> yeah. So there's like a reason for that. That was the whole impetus for the story is like, what is going on with this, this story of the bus driver, and the school bus massacre? Like there's a lot of potholes here. So I'm going to fill them in. Um, yeah. So, Again, she believes in conspiracy theories, but turns out she's right this time. And she's she's like, okay. And then of course the back the back and forth here, where you know Corey's like, what are you talking about? This is so dumb. Like you know, they ran out of money. They just left it there. Like you know, the kids, they they know not to play over here. They're all scared of the the spirits of the kids who died in the massacre. Like that's why no one's ever gotten hurt over here. She's like, but people have gotten hurt over here, idiot. Like th- th- you're not following me. You know, like there's more to this than anyone wants you to know. She's like, okay, listen. And then. We jump into the flashback and she's going to narrate this flashback. So I don't have the whole story. I just have like, you know, the the, the meat of this. So this is where we can like collaborate to figure it out. Um, 
So we flash back to the same scene they're at, but it's like you do that thing where you where you fade to now the camper looks brand new. You know, the chairs and tables and stuff are there. It's it's a bright morning and, uh, you know, or it's uh, not a bright morning. It's the end of the day. It's like quitting time. And you mm-hmm. see this you see this guy who's like he's coming up in the elevator out of the quarry and he's going to walk back over to the camper. And um, it's hard to have characters like by themselves explain things to the audience so again maybe he's talking to himself maybe the black cat is there even though it was like decades ago i don't know mm-hmm. um but the point is that like you know he's basically at this point the quarry is already shut down and he's there his job is just to like watch the place he's like the security guard he's the caretaker that's why his camper is there he just lives there and during the day he goes down and he patrols around and makes sure everything's okay this could even be before the school bus massacre happened in fact it probably should be um yeah no i think that makes sense and and he basically has this like dead-end boring existence where uh you know he's just sitting in his rv watching his old black and white TV, drinking his beers at night. And then during the day, you know, just, you know, wandering around the quarry with like nothing going on. And like Wilkins had nothing in life to look forward to except for when Halloween happened, because in Warren Valley, Halloween was, you know, the most important day of the year. And it was the only time when lonely Mr. Wilkins, you know, could go into town and just, you know, let his hair down and have a good time. And everyone would accept him like he was one of them. But the other 364 days of the year, he was just, you know, living at the rim of this old pit from when they closed down the quarry. Um, so this year, this particular year, for some reason, Wilkins didn't, he doesn't go into town for the Halloween party like he always did. This year, something went wrong. He's hurt. He's sick. I don't know. Let's figure it out. But the point is that he's there at the quarry on Halloween night for the first time. Uh, and to see the spooky shit that's going to happen. <laughs> um, so right off the bat, let's stop right here. Why is why does why doesn't he go to town? What should we do to Mr. Wilkins? Should, does he get hurt on the job? Uh, I don't know. What do you think? Um. So now is he embarrassed about going into town, or is he not wanted in town? I think maybe people like look down on him or or maybe we can mention something during the voiceover of how like oh he used to have like a a wife and kid and you know uh whatever like uh there there was some big scene and you know she took off with their with their son and you know he's like an he's an embarrassment to the town i don't necessarily want to cast him as a villain make him out to be some kind of like a wife beater or pedophile or something but something happened where he's like shunned by the town he still lives there but like he only goes into town on halloween night because he can put on a costume and go party with everybody else what if it's something like you know he you know he had a family he was a family man all that um what if he was a bit of a drunk and okay he he gets into a car accident where he survives but his wife and kid doesn't so he's kind of almost shamed you know, okay. like yeah. people are just like, because again, it's a nice little family town and blah, blah, you know, they, they're like, you know, uh, the, because of your, because of your alcoholism, you know, you, you killed like, you know, maybe his wife was really beloved or something. So it's like, people just kind of like, they don't like him. You know, it's not, not so much that, you know, they, they're like for shame, run from the town, but like people are just like, oh, this fucking asshole. Like they just, they don't like the guy. So maybe he's ashamed. And he's like, he doesn't want to come into town, but because he can put on a costume, he feels like he can. 
Yeah. Okay. That's perfect. No, I like the idea. Yeah. If, and I already mentioned him like spending his nights just, you know, drinking, watching TV, nothing better to do. So, yeah. So mm-hmm. how about, how about during this flashback sequence at this particular year, maybe it's the day before Halloween, Halloween, All Hallows Eve, Eve, mm-hmm. and, and, and he's drinking and it doesn't matter if he's drinking in town or if he's drinking at the RV, but he, what we find out is when he's drinking, he gets rowdy. Maybe not violent, but he's yelling, he's singing songs, he's like dancing around, you know, he's, he'd be the guy where like if he had a gun, he'd be like shooting cans, you know, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. He's just rowdy. And so maybe that's what it is. Maybe he's just outside sitting at his little table and he's getting himself drunk on the night before Halloween, just any old night for him. And, you know, he's getting loud and he's like singing old drinking songs and, you know, whatever. And you hear the neighbors, you know, yelling, shut up. And the dogs are barking. And then like the, like a police officer or the chief of police or somebody like rolls up and just gets out. and is like, really Wilkins, we're doing this again, you know, and, and he's like, oh, chief, shut up. It's almost Halloween. I'm just getting ready for the party. You know, I'm just, you know, I got to be ready to have a good time tomorrow. You know, and he's mm-hmm. like, it's, it's the one night a year. And then, you know, now this is where we get to explain the backstory with this officer who's like, yeah, I know. Like, it's the one night a year. You go into town. He's like, you know, is this, is this, you know, the the legacy here, this is what you want your wife, you know, to be remembered by, you know, your, your wife and your poor, whatever. He tells the story, like, you know, you lost your wife, your son, like people already think of you as a town drunk. And then you're going to stand out here and do this. Like what are you, you're embarrassing yourself. You know, he's going right. to shame him right there, you know? Yeah. And then maybe during this exchange, you know, Wilkins gets in his face a little bit like, well, like, fuck you. What do you know about it? Like, I'm out here every night guarding a fucking hole in the ground. What the fuck is the point of this? Like, this, this is a bullshit, you know, rat race job. You're just keeping me away from everybody because you're ashamed of me. And, of course, the officer's like, you're goddamn right we are. You're fucking mm-hmm. drunk. You killed your wife. You killed your kid. You know, and all you do is come out here and, and drink yourself to death. You come into town. You want to party every time you come. Every every year you come into town and you get in a fight and we got to kick you out. So, you know what? We're not doing it this year. This year, you're staying right here. If I see you in town, I'm putting you in cuffs. You hear that, Wilkins? You know? uh, okay, yeah. And of course they're gonna ha- they're gonna kind of have it out and you know maybe they get it gets a little violent and yeah maybe the you know fuck maybe the cop just cold cocks in one and maybe mm-hmm. oh shit yeah oh this is good so they get in a little fight Wilkins gets in his face a little chest bump a little push and then the cops just gonna bam fucking sock him right in the nose Wilkins goes down out and then maybe the cop goes that's for my sister. You know, like, oh, oh fuck. Okay, <laughs> yep. Right? <laughs> like, this is his brother-in-law. You know what I mean? Like, oh, that's fucked up. Um, yep. And, oh, that, uh, that works. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, the cop leaves. And he just leaves him laying there, like, asleep. It's You know, again, it's the night before Halloween. You know, uh, and uh, no, it is Halloween. Sorry. It's the day of Halloween. And he was getting – he was tying one on, getting ready to go out later. Right? And yep. so – and then – so he falls asleep there at the side of the pit – Night falls. It gets late. He misses the whole party. He wakes up. It's like almost midnight and he's groggy and like, what the fuck? You know, like, oh, goddamn, you know, chief, what's his face? And and he, but now he's like, oh, he got punched in the eye and his head's pounding because he was so drunk earlier. And and, you know, he gets up and he walks over to the edge of the pit and he's like taking a piss in the quarry, like off the edge of the world, you know, kind of a thing. Right. And and this is when he hears like this deep rumbling moan come from in the pit <laughs> you know, and, and you see his his piss 
trickle stops and he looks and it's like drip 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 you know it's like, <laughs> <laughs> he, he's so he's, he's so scared he can't even finish it it's like it's, it's like rumbling the ground you know the piss of fear <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly uh yeah exactly right and then yeah and again it's like and here's this this rumble and this moan and it's like the spooky and then he's just like uh same thing we did before like uh all right, guys. All right. It's a funny prank. You guys can come out of there now. <laughs> you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And uh, then and then you hear that moan. And he, he grabs his head because, you know, he's got a fucking headache from all the drinking. Like, oh, stop it. And then you just everything starts rattling. It's like, uh, uh, I don't know. Everything starts shaking, you know, like almost like there's a little earthquake happening. You see little pebbles start dancing around and like his his empty cans all spill off the table and, you know, that kind of thing. Then you see dirt and stuff raining down from the side of the quarry lip. And then, you know, he's like backing away. And then you see this like fog that's like coming up out of the pit. And then it starts to glow a little bit. There's a little bit of an orange glow. And it's like there's something coming up out of this pit, out of this quarry. And he's back. He's, you know, he, he's, he hasn't even put himself away yet. He's scared pissless, you know. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and he, but he, he falls over on his back and up out of this pit. This, it's like the fucking great pumpkin rises up out of like the quarry pit, but it ain't no great pumpkin. It's like if H.P. Lovecraft wrote, it's the great pumpkin Charlie Brown, right? <laughs> yes. Fuck this, yeah. So picture like Sam's pumpkin face, but like if H.R. Giger drew it, you know, it's just. It's tentacles and it's spikes and a thousand eyes, but also it's like this glow from the inside, like it's a jack-o'-lantern, like Eldritch horror that rises up out of this pit at the edge of town. It's got the dead lights. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Nice. Okay. So this is, so this is where I, this is, this is the, the, what I envisioned when I saw that camper, uh, that old camper in the first movie, I thought like, who lives there? Why does he live there? What's in that pit? Well, there's the eldritch horror that like gives Halloween town its power. You know, that's what's in this pit and it has a jack-o'-lantern head because didn't all these kids from the first movie, they all brought these jack-o'-lanterns to the quarry and they never really explained why really not with a good reason, you know? And so one to represent each of the children. That was it. Yeah. So help me create this. What I want, what I want to say is that like, and just like when Abby was, you know, conspiracy theorying about like, Oh, the real meaning of Jack and lanterns. What I want to, the point I want to get to to spoil it is that there's this eldritch beast that like lives in the town or under the town that sort of creates this like supernatural aura that attracts the werewolves and the witches and the gnomes and all these creatures to the town. And it's this, and its head looks like a jack-o'-lantern. So like ancient peoples would carve pumpkins into jack-o'-lanterns and they would like offer them as like, you know, offerings to their God. And that's why people bring jack-o'-lanterns to the quarry. But like they lost the tradition and every year at Halloween when Wilkins goes into town, there's nobody there to like appease the God. But the one time that he's there, he's going to, but it's going to go wrong. Oh, okay. Okay. I kind of love this because now, now Sam almost seems like an arbiter of this creature. Nice. Um, you know, like, like he's like he's an extension of the creature, making sure mm-hmm. the town is following the rules. Yeah, like an avatar know? or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then like, uh, yeah, avatar. That's the word I was looking for, not arbiter. Um, but yeah, so like, uh, 
so he's he's kind of like the the uh the the guardian or the the avatar of this creature um following like, making sure that the the town follows the rules but what if the the witches that were putting the protection spell in place were the reason that this could continue on now keep in mind we fucked up the the witch's spell maybe the witch's spell were what kept that thing from really like like running amok on halloween so yeah so like so if if sam is the avatar of this creature like he's going into town and making sure like people follow the rules of halloween but maybe that's because like you, you know like the witches are using that whole protection spell to keep the town you know to, to allow this to kind of happen so but like oh, the fact okay. that we, we fucked up the witch's protection spell so what is that gonna mean uh, for this thing yeah. now oh, okay oh that's so, awesome yes okay i love that love that so yeah, so okay, so now I know you said this takes place in the past. So remember, if this is taking place in the past, then the witch's protection spell would be in place. So this thing can't really run amok. It can come up, you know, it can it can, you know, come up on Halloween like it does every year, but it can't really run amok yet. So. Okay. Oh, that's good. Okay. So now we we can do something with like the modern day story. Oh, I love that. Okay. Yeah. So Abby and Corey just became more important characters. Okay. Right. Yeah. So in this, in this like flashback sequence, it's like, basically what I was picturing is Wilkins goes from being this like workaday schlub stuck in this completely pointless dead end job to almost the same thing, except now he's like every Halloween, instead of going out and partying, it's like he's going out and he's like bringing like offerings to this horror that comes up out of the pit he's and, and it's whatever they are he's gonna bring it jack like jack-o'-lanterns like he's gonna steal people's jack-o'-lanterns or you know bring people halloween candy or maybe it eventually escalates to the point where he's like here here's a here's a trick-or-treater you know it's like it, it's like the beast yeah. is never satisfied like He's able to he's able to mollify it, but maybe every year it's like harder and harder and harder to get the beast to like go away, you know. What if though? Hold on. What if, I? Ooh, wait. Hold on. I, I this is a different direction, but but let me, let me just throw it sure. out there just in case. What if the reason it's appeased is because Wilkins is going out and like being a jackass on Halloween? He's causing trouble in the town. He's being a dick. Like he's the malicious part. Of Halloween, he's the trick of trick or treat. Oh, so okay. he's out there doing the bad stuff. Because remember, Sam is its avatar, and if Sam is its avatar, and Sam does some nasty shit, like he's got like a bloody bag, he's watching people get mutilated. You know, if you don't respect the rules, he fucking kills your ass. Like, so what if the part that Wilkins was playing, like the reason they they put him down there, and they didn't tell him his job, is to just be a dick. And like over the years, it kind of got forgotten. You know, so the mm-hmm. year that he doesn't get to go out, it kills him. Okay, yeah. So he's filling the role of like the rowdy partier, like the guy who yep. you know who goes to your Halloween party and you know and eggs people or you know gets in a fight or you know whatever. Yeah, that's he, he's the I, Halloween I like dick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I kind of like that. I think that's really cool. So yeah, exactly. The one year he doesn't, and then you know like uh, Papa Sam or whatever like comes about the pit and is like, "Yo, what you doing here? <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> why aren't you out causing a ruckus? Come on now, <laughs> exactly." But like, yeah, and, and maybe Wilkins doesn't really understand and. And and maybe Abby can say something like that, like, you know, he didn't understand like what it wanted. You know, it looked like a jack-o'-lantern. So, you know, he carved a jack-o'-lantern and it, and it seemed, you know, to like that. And and then, you know, the, ne- the next year he did 
it again and the, but it was like the thing was still there and it like wouldn't go away so you know he went into town and he you know he he you know whether he stole some jack-o'-lanterns or you know he stole some decorations or he smashed some yes. pumpkins or you know whatever it was um or oh shit maybe that's too i, I mentioned earlier that i didn't want to do like smashing pumpkins because they, they did the like blowing out the jack-o'-lantern as like a shitty thing in the first movie but maybe that's the connection here of like maybe that's what this thing wants is it wants the mischief it wants him to smash pumpkins it wants him to pull pranks you know maybe wilkins has been like the secret prankster of warren valley all these years and like nobody really knew because he's just that drunk guy who lives by the quarry (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) oh i really like that yeah no that's really like how that fit together is really nice that's cool and maybe he like maybe he even like stopped living at the quarry that's why it was like his rv or is is old and abandoned and because what if if this is like you know grandpa wilkins like fuck he could even still be around but again he's now he's like the masked prankster you know and it's like you know or maybe he's like immortal or whatever because of his connection to this eldritch beast and maybe that's how abby like knows about all this you know maybe maybe he was going to like pass it down to her. So, you know, she, maybe she's telling it to Corey so she could be like, and as my first trick, you'll be my sacrifice. <laughs> oh shit. So, well, Cause I, I was thinking like, well, what if he passed it down to his kids though? Because remember grandpa mm-hmm. or uh, uh, Wilkins in, in the, in the regular movie, he's like, you know, he, he mm-hmm. refers to grandpa as, as being how important Halloween was to grandpa. So it's like clearly he learned it from somewhere. So what if that's what it is? Like, what if he's not immortal? What if he just passed it down through his bloodline? Because we see that Wilkins is teaching it to his son. And part of that mischief was sacrifice. So like you you had said, like it it became harder and harder to appease the creature because it wanted more and more mischief. Like it craves that that like the violence of Halloween, the darker side, you know, So and that's why it sends its avatar out because it's like it has to get a little bit of that that bloody side of Halloween. Well, once Wilkins finds out about it, because at first he was going out and being the you know the mischief maker, the asshole that nobody liked, but the the creature was loving it. And now it's like he can't go out, so he like you know he carves the pumpkin and stuff. Like yeah, that appeases it. Fine. He's like okay, you know that's cool. I I dig it. A little totem for me. I, I I'm I'm following what you're laying down there, buddy. And then the following year, you know, he does it again. It's like not enough. Yeah. And then, like, maybe it threatens him. Maybe it makes it look like, uh, you know, it's going to kill him. Maybe he kills the cop. Like, the cop oh, comes to find out yeah. what all, all the ruckus is. And, like, nice. they get into a fight. And he accidentally kills the cop. And the thing just, like, it it just loves it. Like, maybe it's it, it rolls its eyes back and, like, makes, like, this happy, like, bubbly sound, you know? Yeah. Like, it's like, it's, it's like uh, having an orgasm or something because yeah. he killed a cop and then, like, threw his body in the pit. Yeah. No, that's that's perfect. It's like it has to escalate. At first, it's like, yeah, make a Jack Lantern. Okay, great. Yeah, exactly. You know, steal some decorations, you know, steal some candy, blah, 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 smash some pumpkins. Yeah. And every time he's waiting for this thing to have, like, it's it's little orgasm and go away but yeah to your point the maybe he didn't even really plan on like killing this cop yeah the guy just came out to investigate the ruckus and this time you know wilkins was like oh you know you got me you cold cocked me that one year but fuck you this time and he gets him yeah and then exactly it's like he throws the body in the pit and the 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 eldritch beast you know loves that and then now he that's how he's like oh i figured it out and that's why you fast forward to his grandson who's like the principal and it's escalated to the point where this guy is like a straight up serial killer who's like, mm-hmm. you know, te- teaching his psychopath kid to like, you know, carve pumpkins out of his schoolmates' heads, you know? <laughs> <laughs> 
and yeah and so abby's telling this story in the modern day to Corey, you know and maybe Corey's like well like whatever happened to wilkins what and then she that's what she says like well yeah he passed it down you know eventually he died but he passed it down to his family you mentioned the principal he's dead right he's like yeah that guy turned out to be a serial killer everyone knows that it's like yeah exactly like put it together Corey. come on knock knock hello mcfly you know right and have Corey be like, well, yeah, but, you know, the, you know, Principal Wilkins is dead. And what, I forget his son's name. They're like, you know, his, his son, you know, they, he went to live with his aunt in like Maine or whatever. Like, so I guess I guess the, you know, the legacy is, is over. Right. I mean, why are we here? And then, you know, because Corey's an idiot. Right. <laughs> and exactly. Then, and she's like, yeah, you know, they they may have, you know, they may have killed my uncle and oh, taking my okay. cousin away, but <laughs> you know, like I, you know, like my name, my last name might not be Wilkins, but I'm still here, you know. And, yes. and of course, and then she's just gonna, you know, she's gonna stab Corey in the chest or whatever, and then like throw his body in the pit, and then you just hear that like. Or you don't even see the beast anymore. You just you just see Abby and her face is like orgasmic and there's the orange light and the fog and then you hear this moan, you know, <laughs> and like the burbling sounds yeah, of the water. Exactly. <laughs> and then of course we're gonna pan away and you see Sam and this time instead of Sam just sitting there staring, Sam is like clapping his hands and hopping up and down, you know. <laughs> He's yes. like, oh, daddy's so happy, you know, or whatever. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes, I fucking love how that came together. <laughs> Me too. Shit. Oh, I didn't even plan that. I love that. The Wilkins thing was like a t- coincidence, I, yeah, but that's fucking great. <laughs> oh, see, see, and this is this is what makes these so challenging and yet so fun. Like, I know this episode is running long, but my God, we, we came to the table with some loose ideas that we just mentioned to one another to make sure that we weren't running, like stumbling atop each other's, you know, ideas. But something like that, like, I had no clue. All I knew was Eldritch Horror. That's all you told me, that it yep. was an Eldritch Horror story. And I'm like, okay, that doesn't that doesn't override, you know, Scarecrow and Black Cat, so we're good. Um, yep. But the, it fucking fits together so perfectly. I, oh, I love this. I'm so happy <laughs> me with too. it. Me too. Me too. I love it. And it's like, <laughs> and, and it, and it kind of satisfies that need that horror fans have for, like, the origin story, you know? But that, yes. Without really explaining everything. We didn't really say who Sam was, you know? It's just, mm-hmm. but you can kind of figure it out, you know? Well, now, I, I know there is a little thing, uh, Michael Dougherty or Dougherty or however you say his name, the, the, the creator of this. Yeah, um, Dougherty. He did say, I want to say it was AMC Fear Fest. Um, they, for, for a couple of years there, he was doing uh, 20, they were doing 24 hours of trick or treat, like very much how TBS does the 24 hours of Christmas story. Oh, nice. Um, and he was doing these little interstitials, like the little animated segments that we see in, we see the little one in trick or treat. And like, he's done a couple of animated shorts with, with, uh, Sam. That was how the character came to be. But there was one where it was talking about, um, the, the day after Halloween. And it was cleaning up all the Halloween decorations. And you see, like, you know, sheets and pumpkins and all this stuff littering the ground. But you see Sam's corpse. Like, you see the the corpse of Sam laying on the ground. And, like, his his pumpkin guts are all spread over. And then you see, like, a seed go down into the ground and kind of giggle. And it's like, so basically Sam returns every year. And it's just a new body. Like every year, like he dies November 1st, goes into the ground and hibernates and then comes back every year. So the fact that we have this eldritch horror that comes back every fucking year, I'm like, this is nice. so perfect. <laughs> 
Yeah, so I haven't seen that short, so that, that's awesome. Actually, I have it in my YouTube uh, watch later list because today, while I was like looking stuff up, I was like, oh shit, there's all these like short stories and clips and mm-hmm. stuff. But I was like, you know what? I don't want to watch any of them. I also haven't read the comics. I've been meaning to for years, but I'm like, They're I'm good. not going to because I want to wait until after we do our stories, so I'm not like influenced. But now I really want to go read them. Yeah, no, that was I, I'm very happy with that. So now we just have our final segment, which is the wraparound with Sam, where Sam has to teach somebody a lesson and we got to bring it all together. That's so right. we talked about the bitch Brenda. <laughs> <laughs> <Fucking> Brenda. <laughs> so this uh, this little tale uh, I originally titled when, when I wrote the idea for it. Don't be such a witch. Um, so a little, <laughs> nice. little play on the fact that she's a bitch. Um, but yeah, so I want to see like where we're going to focus in on her. So maybe she's like uh, we could have like she's I don't know. We want to see her doing something dickish. So like uh, we saw the parade going on in town, uh, the big party and all that. Maybe she's like trying to get food at like some little restaurant or something, but they're like, Hey, sorry, closed for the party or like closed for a private party or something. She's like, I'm going to talk to the manager, like flipping out, you know, like oh, yeah. basically just being a fucking bitch. Um, and then have like, maybe we see her like do some kind of little curse, you know, like I, just something like some kind of little hex on him, like almost mm-hmm. like, you know, how some people like do the evil eye, like type of thing. Yep. Um, we could do something where we're, we're questioning, like, what what does she think she has some kind of witch or something? You know, like we could kind of play that up. Like she's fucking weird. Eventually she, she trots her happy ass home and we see, you know, she's got no decorations, no pumpkins, no, not in the spirit of Halloween at all. You know, she goes home and because people see her walk in like a bunch of kids come running up to the door and they're like, trick or treat, trick or treat. And like, she comes back to the door and she's like, get out of here, you little bastards. And like, you know, she slams the door and so we see the first set of kids. She's just, mean to um you know and then eventually like she's going around the house maybe she's putting out a pot of tea or something and then mm-hmm. we hear the d- the doorbell ring again she goes she's like i'll fix these little bastards and she grabs <laughs> her cat's litter pan and like runs to the door and like dumps fucking used kitty litter all over these kids and oh, they're like come they're, on. yeah they're crying like oh, and she laughs at him and closes the door um you know, like, we're, basically we just see she's she's torturing these poor trick-or-treaters you know, she turns maybe she turns on the news and like there's a report of like a, a kid being found dead in an alley or something, and she's like serves him right, little brat. You know, like just right. just an all around hateable person, right? But I want to see a picture on the wall of her with the witches from your story. Oh, nice. This, this is how we can tie this one together. Oh, okay. So yeah, you mentioned that there was one that like left. Okay, yeah. Yep. So she's the one that got kicked out of the coven. So she is actually a witch, but clearly she's not into being a nice person. She's not into protective spells. And we already talked about mm-hmm. how, uh, you know, she left or she was kicked out because she was using it for her own gain and she was using it for ill intent. So, okay. Yeah. So she, you know, she, she's as much of a Karen to the other witches as she is to like in general. Yeah. No, that's really yeah. Good. She's she's totally a Karen all all around. Um, so yeah, I figured we could we could use the idea of the trick or treaters coming to her house, like to just show like what a dick she is. But one of the groups, I want Sam to be with them. Okay. Nice. So 
we have the trick or treaters come. Maybe maybe the, the maybe the kitty litter house. Maybe like or the kitty litter uh, time. She comes. Yeah, you know, they come to the door. She throws a kitty litter, and maybe Sam's standing behind the kids. Like the other kids run off crying, and he's just mm-hmm. standing at her, staring. And she, maybe she's like, "What? You didn't get enough tootsie rolls, you little bastard!" You know, just like <laughs> yelling. Yeah, I love that. And then he just like turns his head and walks away. And it's like, okay. And then we could have him start tormenting her. So. I mean, shit, let's just take a book, a a page out of the first one, like have a window get shattered or something. And like, maybe it's like a nasty ball of kitty litter with poop in it. (laughs) Like just (laughs) throwing it through her window. Like Um, he just wadded it up. (laughs) Oh, okay. So I see where you're going with this, right? I I like this idea. It's kind of like, this is kind of like the Krieg story, but obviously, you know, with with another character who's really disrespecting Halloween, but, and this is a a witch. This is somebody who should be respecting Halloween and Mm -hmm. who has kind of turned her back on it, almost like betrayed it. And so we talked all through these stories, not planned, but somehow what came up in almost every one of these stories was like, oh, you little bastards playing pranks. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's what's perfect here. Let's have Sam do the classic Halloween pranks, but in a twisted way, like throwing eggs, throwing toilet paper, you know, uh, I can't think what, you know, whatever, uh, burning so, shit on the, windows. Yeah. yeah. Burning shit on the porch and like a plastic bag or a paper bag, you know, whatever. It's like the classic pranks, but like to, you know, a murderous you know, level. But I think that would be pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I dig. Yeah. So let's let's do that. We'll we'll throw like. Maybe, um, oh, okay, oh, hold on, hold on, let me back it up, back it up. So, okay, <laughs> when the kids come to the front door, they, you know, and they, and they go, trick or treat, and she, like, dumps the the shitty litter on them, mm-hmm. um, you know, and they're freaking out. Like, so now we, we see that they, they very prominently said trick or treat, and Sam tilts his head, you know, maybe a brick comes through a window with a note attached to it that just says trick then. Nice. So like, yeah, you, okay, you chose yeah. tricks, so we're going to play the <laughs> tricks. So like, you know, she, maybe she, when she pulls open her front door to be like, Oh, throw this right. She sees like all the, like the trees and everything around her front, like her front house, like her, her nice picket fence. It's all covered with like fucking toilet paper. And like, there's, there's toilet paper hanging from the trees and all that. She's like, what the hell? And she looks over at her car. All the windows are soaped up. <laughs> like, yep, yep. Just, and she's, I'm going to call the cops and slams the door. Yeah, because she's the ultimate Karen, so doing, like, you know, quote-unquote fun-loving pranks is, like, the worst thing you could possibly do to somebody like her, you know? It's, like, it would be worse than if you had actually gone and, like, hit her, because you're, like, disrespecting, you know, the the proper order of things as she sees it, not as, like, Sam and the rest of the town sees it. Yeah, no, that's awesome. So, yeah, so we, we she gets on the phone. She's like, you know, dials 911. And while she's waiting, like we hear the telltale sign of like a fire start. And then we, we see the like the light reflecting. And she looks over and like we see like like fire outside of her front door. So she, yeah, run, nice. she drops the phone and runs over and opens it up. And of course, there's the flaming bag of shit, like you said. And she starts stomping <laughs> on it and she gets uh, poop all over. And like, I mean, like have it squirt up, like cover. Yeah. And, and of course she's not going to say she's, she's going to be like duty just like yeah, like yeah, just like them. just like Anna did too kind of yeah. connected the other witch where she was just like you know oh poop and fiddlesticks yeah exactly <laughs> like, I'm picturing her very much like uh like um Annie Wilkes from Misery like oh, that kind yeah. of like you know that kind of uh mentality yeah but, so she's oh, like I, oh good. Good. So I have one. I have one idea too for like the eggs. We got, cause we got like you know you got oh, egg yeah. house, right? Yep. So I, I don't know like what you were about to say. What happens next? But I'm just thinking the eggs has to be where we level it up. We did the re- regular toilet paper, regular soap, 
big nasty thing of poop. Next, the next level is like when she goes back in the house, like eggs just start pelting, boom, 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 like all over, you know, like like uh, like hail hitting the house, and then eventually they start smashing through the windows. It's like uh, a machine gun of fucking uh, eggs coming <laughs> through the windows, and but then when the ones inside the house, they start hitting the walls, hitting the floor, hitting her. But now instead of at first, they're just like nasty, rotten, like bloody looking like yolks inside. But then have one of them like hit her and she goes to peel it off. And there's like an actual like little baby bird inside. But then it just starts oh. pecking her hand. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and now we have these like little like <laughs> monster baby birds that are in her house just cheap, cheap, cheap and like pecking the shit out of her. You know? <laughs> that's, you know what? That's even better than where I was going. So we're going with that. So let, let's like, yeah, so she does the, the whole duty thing. She freaks out and then like she slams the door and she runs back to grab the phone. And before she can grab the phone, that's when we hear like the machine gun barrage of eggs pelting the house. And like at first, like maybe she drops the phone and like covers her ears because it's so fucking loud. You know, yeah. it sounds like like a hailstorm, and she's just like, "Oh my God, what's happening now?" You know, she looks out and she sees like splattering eggs all over her window, and then eventually, like like you said, the window starts to crack, and then it cracks open, and eggs start coming in. They they're smashing all over. And yeah, I love the idea of like one of them sticking to her face, and it being like a weird demonic bird <laughs> it just starts like pecking at her. Yeah. Um, so she's freaking the fuck out. We could see her like running around. Maybe we see from outside. We see like her running around through the house, like mm-hmm. swatting at like these little birds that are chasing her. And then we see Mr. Boots like walk across the fence, you know, yes. just like walk past. <laughs> I was about to, just about to say that Mr. Boots should be watching it through the window. Like, yep. What a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he like he stops and does the meow, <laughs> just keeps on walking, you know. Oh, um, you know what be you know what be fucking great too? I'm sorry. Is so go for it. All the way back to that very first opening sequence when she comes out in like the Starbucks with her like ridiculous pumpkin spice latte and she bumps into that one trick or treater who had the worst night of his life because then Scott like stole his candy and you know dumped it in the sewer or whatever. So this trick or treater like whatever his costumes one that we could remember like you know the, the classic ghost or something mm-hmm. that same trick or treater maybe now he's standing outside her house like he was just walking by with his friends and like he, they all keep going he stops and he's like watching this barrage of eggs and this crazy lady running around inside with Mr. Boots, you know, maybe he like, you know, pulls off his like little, uh, his classic ghost sheet. And it's just like, Whoa, you know, and it's like, I, I just wanted it'd be a cool thing to just like get to see him, but he's just going to stand there and watch her. Like, yeah, get her, get that bitch. You know, oh, you know we should, we should totally do right there. It's like say everything you just said, but like when he pulls off his mask, he'll be like, whoa have somebody tap him on the shoulder and have him turn and have it be sam holding out a candy bar to him yes <laughs> and, and the two of them that just sit there and eat candy and watch through the oh, window oh oh dude popcorn balls like eating popcorn like they're watching yes! the movie like little popcorn balls like a little caramel yes! popcorn ball you know yeah exactly like him yeah he's gonna he's gonna like you know you fist bump the <laughs> sam and stand there and watch the watch oh, the the, the, the fun <laughs> that's fucking perfect because now it's like this kid had a horrible night but like the avatar of halloween's like here's some candy kid like He's i love like, it i got you covered right <laughs> <laughs> dinner and a show here you go exactly um, so, yeah, so we, we go back inside and, like, Karen's, like, she's running through the house. She's swatting at these fucking, like, like featherless demon birds that came out of rotten eggs. You know, <laughs> she runs upstairs and, like, slams the door. Like, you know, we hear the birds, like, squawking and pecking at the door. And maybe when she, you know, she turns around, her whole room is trashed. 
Like, oh, what, yeah. Like, what the fuck? Who's doing this? And, like, maybe that's when she's like, I'm a witch. I'll curse you. And, like, she starts, like, grabbing her books and stuff and is trying to, like, showing that she is not above using it for mm-hmm. her own personal gain. Um, so I, what I want, what I want to eventually happen, I'm kind of stuck here, but I, okay. I want to have happen is I want to have Sam reveal himself to her and like have her absolutely fucking terrified. Like at first, maybe she thinks it's a kid. And then of course we're going to do the face reveal. Cause you got to do that. And maybe it's a little more gnarly this time. Cause remember Sam comes back every year, mm-hmm. you know? So maybe he's a little different. Maybe he's a little like more, like he's more toothy this time. Like he's got more demon teeth kind of, um, cause remember before he, he kind of didn't really have any teeth in there. Yeah. But, um, okay. Uh, so no, I think, maybe, I think, maybe his jack-o'-lantern face is carved in the traditional jack-o'-lantern toothy grin. Oh, yeah. So his face, it's like a pumpkin still, but it's just a little bit different now, a little bit more classic. Yeah. yeah. No, I think I think we could do something pretty interesting here where, uh, I mean, we had Krieg in the house. So what if we maybe got her out of the house? That's, and kind of, yes. That kind of opens things up a little bit. So what if exactly that? It's all all this prank shit, like the rotten eggs and the little birds. And yeah, she runs upstairs. Maybe what she does is she runs in. Yeah. She runs into her bedroom or office or whatever. And she like has her like grimoire and her, you know, bottles of, you know, potions and stuff. Cause she should obviously wish like, so she's going to run in there, slam the door and just going to be like, you know, I don't know who's doing this, but I'm going to show you. And she like opens up the book and starts like pointing at a spell. It's like, ha ha, when did they see this? And she's like, okay, all I need is, you know, like, uh, you know, a tincture of salamander. Like, where is that? And she turns around to her, you know, where it was like her, her workspace and like everything is smashed. Like you said, smashed. And maybe there's like a little like fire in the corner. And then she's just <laughs> like, what the hell? And then, so she's like, Oh, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I can make this work. I can make this work. I just need, I need to improvise. Okay. So she's flipping the pages and flipping and finding it. Ah, here we go. Okay. So all I need is like hair of crone. And she like, you know, pulls the hair out of her own head and I need, you know, I, I can't think of it. But, and then, I can't think of all the ingredients, but like while she's trying to like figure this out, like, okay, uh, you know, uh, maybe I need like, you know, skull of rat. Okay. And she's like digging around in the ground trying to find, no, that's a mouse. No, that's a ferret, you know, whatever, and <laughs> <laughs> whatever it is. Like, but in like sort of a panic kind of a way. And then you hear like the banging on the door, banging on the door, banging. And she's getting more and more and more panicked, like trying to finish this spell or this little potion. And maybe she finally like gets it all together. And she stands up just as like, you know, Sam, now he's not banging. It's like the door just opens this time. Great. Okay. No, no, I, I love where you're going with this but we, we want like you said you want it we want to have him get her outside yeah so maybe he doesn't reveal his true face yet um so like you know he pops up in her house and like you know she sees that that it's you know a little kid and she's like you've been the one causing all this trouble like she and now mm-hmm. she's like maybe fuck the spell i'm just gonna beat the shit out of this kid because it's a kid yep. you know so she goes to to come at him and he maybe he does the thing like maybe not the sucker maybe it's the the candy bar with the razor blade in it and he just mm-hmm. fucking like stabs her in the thigh and runs yeah you know and so she's like oh oh i'll show you and maybe she chases him Oh, and he nice. run, runs out of the house into the woods and she's chasing after him into the woods. And when she gets out to like, you know, gets to a certain part of the woods, maybe there's just like pumpkins everywhere. Right. Like Jack oh, Lantern, okay. very much like how uh, the, the girl's house in part one. Mm-hmm. So yep, she had lots of them. Yeah. So I want to have her like walk out and be like, what? The? Or maybe no, no, maybe that's just right in front of her house. Because remember, Sam did that to, to uh, uh, Creed as well. Like oh, yeah. he, he put all the jack. So, yeah, when she runs out front, there's all these jack-o'-lanterns everywhere. 
And she's like, what the hell? Who did this? Who did, you know, and she's pissed. She maybe she starts like knocking him over, like smashing him left and right. And she goes to grab the one only it's Sam's head. And he, <laughs> oh, nice. and he just like shrieks at her and she screams. And then we see him pick like his body, pick up the pumpkin and put it back on and chase <laughs> after her. So she now runs off into the woods and he's chasing her. Because what I want to have mm-hmm. happen is I want to connect it back to your story with okay. the, the witches where their spell didn't go right. So oh, there yeah. isn't okay. protection. And remember, the gnomes were doing something themselves. That's they, right. Yeah. So what if she gets like she gets chased out there and we see the circle, the big circle that the gnomes created. And Sam just chases her out into the woods and he, he kind of smiles and just sits down and crosses his arms. <laughs> like he's just and she's like, what do you what do you want for me? What do you want? And then like the ground starts to crack open beneath her and oh, have her okay, like nice. freaking out. And we see like fire shooting up and then have like we could even have the, the like the voiceover of Anna being like, you know, if you use spells uh, to for ill intent, it comes back on you threefold. And we could see like <laughs> nice. a flashback of Karen doing or uh, Brenda doing all these horrible things around town and like mm-hmm. using spells for her own gain, like just a quick montage moment. And then we can see like fucking like red arms, like reaching up out of the ground and grabbing at her. <laughs> and like, you could hear like demons howling and stuff and they drag her to hell. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. I definitely like tying that back into the other witch covenant thing because yeah, I mean at the time it was like, okay, like let's leave this open-ended. We don't, you're, you're not going to build like a witch coven, you know, bonfire with arcane occult symbols and stuff and then just like forget about it. You know, it's right, right. like it's something we could do something with. So yeah, no, I think this is really cool where, yeah, exactly. Like he drags her out there and maybe, maybe she like sees all the gnomes just like growling at her, like in the shadows. You yeah. Know, like, let's tie it. Yeah, exactly. Tie it back. Shit. or have the gnomes what? and the spectral cats all watching. Oh yeah, the spectral so cats are there too. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And maybe fuck me, the scarecrow is there. Maybe you hear that rattlesnake rattle of like the corn husks and the scarecrow is gonna stand there and watch. Like why not? We're just bring it all together. Fuck yeah, yeah. Right? And uh have- yeah. And what I was gonna say after she gets she gets killed, like when we're gonna when we're gonna close up the movie, we need to pan like over the town and see the quarry and hear the blah, 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 hear the bubbling <laughs> yes. like yeah. one more Dennis time. Dennis Sam yeah. is happy. <laughs> exactly. One more time. Yeah, no, for sure. But like backing up to to the sequence too, she could even maybe say something like, uh, "You'll be sorry, and my sisters get here. Like, you know, they may not like to." Uh, associate with me anymore but like they'll see that i was right all along like you know whatever like she says some Mm -hmm. karen ass bullshit you know and of course like you know she's gonna look around and she's gonna see the gnomes and see the scarecrow and see the spectral cats and it's gonna dawn on her that like this night has not gone the way that she would have expected you know (laughs) (laughs) something has gone horribly wrong exactly and 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 as a witch like you know she would she would recognize that like the protection spell is broken and like you know like all hell is literally breaking King loose and here it comes you know? yeah, and it could be like maybe she, she's saying like all the things you just said like you know when my sisters get here blah 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 and she's and you could hear like the growling she looks around she sees the gnomes and she recognizes what they are she sees the the zombie spectral cats like she sees mr boots maybe she sees sam she's mm-hmm. the scarecrow and then like she looks around and in like the trees like all around there's like pieces of her sisters like there's oh, intestines yes. hanging and like maybe <laughs> oh, a yes. witchy hat you know 
<laughs> yeah, and the one like burned corpse is like you know strung up like uh like Jason would hang it in the woods, you know the one that, that fell in the bonfire. Yeah, and and it, actually I think the last thing that she should see, like she should like she's looking around, her eyes should fall in Mr. Boots, and then. Let's not explain anything, but let's just have her like squint her eyes and look at him. And it's like her expression is saying, I knew it was going to be you, you know, or something yep. like it's like she recognizes that fucking cat. Like she I should have known, you know, like that like the, <laughs> the Karen would think about like the annoying neighbor or something like that, you know. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I love this. She gets dragged into hell. You know, Sam is watching Mr. Boots and then, yeah, the camera pans up and and uh, yeah, exactly, just like you said, we pan across town and it's like maybe at this point. You know, everybody's headed on home. The night's over. You see, as we pan through town, we see people are, you know, going to sleep and the streets are clear. Maybe a couple of like random, you know, drunken people, last minute trick or treaters running to get home. Yeah. And then we out past the RV. We hear the you know, the bubbling in that last minute <laughs> uh, coming from the pit. <laughs> Cut the black. Yes. <laughs> and then, yeah, then we, we cut the credits at the end. Oh, dude. Hey, this worked this, out so well. <laughs> this came together so much better than I expected. I was nervous. I was fucking nervous because mm-hmm. I'm like, this is the first time we have done a multiple part story and tried to string the stories together. Now, I know we, we did our mousetrap episode where we had all the random qualifiers, but this is like trying to string like we each came up with three different stories and tried to mesh them together. Yeah, for sure. Like I said, we did talk a little bit ahead of time, but like you've mentioned already, it was really just making sure that we weren't stepping on each other's toes. And mm-hmm. like there was there was one thing where I was like, okay, let me twist that slightly. Like Scott was a little bit older originally than, or sorry, younger than I had originally had him planned to be. But that was just so it wouldn't, you know, step on something else. And yeah, it was mm-hmm. like, but other than that, it was like, yeah, I had my ideas. I wanted to have like the, the mean person who steals trick or treat candy. I wanted to do like a classic anthology critter story and use that gnome that I saw in the first movie. And I thought, what better type of horror than an eldritch horror? Like you can always like, if you're stuck for ideas, like, you know, Lovecraftian monsters are <laughs> certainly a way to go. And, oh, that's, yeah. and that's really, but yeah. And then you came in and you were like, you know, Hey, I, you were like scarecrow, black cat, witch. And I'm like, cool. I didn't do any of those. So, if <laughs> right. <that's>, you know, <laughs> and, and that's the thing. Like I was just going like, I'm like, all right, basic Halloween tropes. Let's go. And, uh, and I, I'm really happy with how this came out. Like I, I, I know I say this a lot, but I'd love to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, heck yeah, dude. I I love this one. Yeah, I like, and I think it's you know different enough that, that from the first movie, while still you know fitting into the same type of format. You know, I was able to do callbacks to the first movie with you know my my great pumpkin, Mr. Wilkins, you know story, <laughs> <laughs> which turned out way better than I thought. Like way way better than I thought. I loved. I was not expecting to do an origin story. I really just wanted to do like the monster in the pit, you know. But it, right. it really really worked out well. Um, yeah, I think this one was a fuckload of fun. So hell yeah, dude. Happy Halloween. Yeah, absolutely. And happy Halloween to everyone who's listening to this. If you're listening to it on Halloween, we hope you have a great time. If you're catching up to us later, that's okay, too. We hope you had a great uh, spooky season. We actually have more spooky stories coming, like we promised, all the way to the end of 2023. We will do some non-horror stuff in 2024. We already have two pretty awesome episodes that we're planning, and it's going to be a lot of fun. We have more cool episodes coming up, some more really fun stuff that I'm super excited about. And in the meantime, check us out at RaisedByRentals.com. 
gmail.com at Razorblade Rentals on the socials. We also belong to the Rad Pantheon, a super team of podcasters, artists, musicians, you name it, a bunch of cool, creative friends supporting each other and helping to spread the gospel of rad stuff. If you like this show, there's a pretty good chance you're going to dig one or maybe all of our Rad Pantheon teammates at RadPantheon.com and at Rad Pantheon on all the socials. Mike, do you want to add anything? Uh, yeah, just uh, also uh, the same day this drops, we will be dropping a Halloween special over on the Boogeyman's Closet. So check out the Boogeyman's Closet on all of the socials or uh, Boogeyman's Closet on Podbean. Uh, it's a great way to find it. Josh actually pointed this out to me, our uh, archived episodes, I guess you would say, because uh, Apple only holds so many. And I don't know if that's the same for Google Play and others. I'd have to double check. But on Podbean, all the episodes are listed. So that's a, a great way to find us now that we are officially uh, over 250 episodes into that podcast um so yeah check out uh, uh boogeyman's closet on facebook and instagram um also i just want to uh, give a quick plug to my instagram and my tiktok where it's a zarakis a z-a-r-a-c-i-s on both i've been doing a lot of uh da- well, i've been doing daily drawings and there's going to be a lot more artwork coming up um as i'm getting back into working on a children's book so there will be more stuff going on uh more artwork going on on the, on the social media so definitely check that that out yeah for sure i'm glad you mentioned that and i want to mention just two more quick things uh if you like anthology horror as much as we do you should also check out the recent episode of so it's come to this a simpsons family podcast where the normal hosts joined with the boogeyman's <laughs> closet and covered another episode of the simpsons treehouse of horror series so that was a great episode that just recently came out as we record this so it's definitely out for the halloween season so check that out and I'm just going to preemptively point out something that I wrote down, didn't mention it earlier. Trick or Treat came out in 2007, which is after the VHS era. Normally, that's the era that we cover on the show. So before any nitpickers out there pick that nit, I will say, yes, we know. But <laughs> the last VHS release of a major Hollywood movie was in 2006. It was a history of violence. The movie came out the year before, but the VHS came out in 2006. This came out in 2007. So I'm going to say we're pretty fucking close. So mm-hmm. there. <laughs> exactly. Plus, <laughs> if, if we've done anything on this show as we've we've evolved and changed over time. So, uh, you know. That, that's one of those little nitpicks that while we will mostly stay in the VHS era, eh, we might we might stick a toe outside every once in a while. Yeah, just like when we do our original improvs that aren't based on anything. So we're not exactly. really improving anything. <laughs> we're just improving. But <laughs> anyway, thanks for tuning in to the Raise Rentals program. If you had fun with us, visit us on the, all the socials that we already mentioned. Leave us a comment. Leave us a podcast rating. And let us know what you think we should improv, improve next time. And with that, I'm Josh. I'm Mike. We have to return some videotapes. Okay, and we are back for yet another episode of The Boogeyman's Closet. This is episode 20. Uh, as always, I am Mike Alvarez. Maurice Gillifer. Susie Hunt. This is uh, Trick or Treat. 